Hello, welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And um, I have had, thought I should get this out of the way right at the beginning, but it's like, boom, got the Pizza Boys comic Kickstarter going right now for season two, the second graphic novel. It is up. I'll put a link in the description, but um, if anybody cares to support the cause, though it's really just a pre-order, that's how I'm treating it. A pre-order without, like, the fear of a GameStop employee, like, backing you in the corner, you know, getting you try to, like, pre-order something else, being like, it's like this Pizza Boys, well, you know, here's this other comic I'm going to push down on you. It's $5, man, just $5 fucking dollars. What, you don't got $5? What, like, fucking grandma came in last week, you got $5 fucking dollars, huh? What, you can't support fucking $5? Just $5 fucking dollars down, come on, man. $5 down. No, no, there's none of that fucking bullshit going on here. Nobody going to threaten you. Nobody going to, like, try to, like, gangbang you at the fucking GameStop for, like, things you don't want. And then next thing you know, you're coming in, like, two months later for a pre-order that you didn't really think you needed. And you're fucking buying the game because you don't want to... You want to look like a man who makes a... When he makes a commitment, he sticks to it. Yeah, those days of, game, those days of GameStop. I still... GameStop still sucks, but... There was yeah, that period where it was almost like you were walking into, like, Mad Max Zone, and it was just all, like, it was just like, you buy this gasoline! Like, I, I, I don't need it, my car is okay, you'll take it! You know, and they just like, alright, you have to kind of, like, you know, you have to, have to, like, alright, well, what, what do I have to trade? I don't have a whole lot on me right now. Five dollars now! Just like, oh shit, okay, fuck, this is getting very primal, and, you know... You go, you go to the Nintendo section, there's like some, there's people gathering around like a flaming trash can. Like, I'm just trying to get to the DS games, and yeah, that just started a whole other thing. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those ones. But uh, no, Pizza Boys, it's simple. You know what I mean? I just got, like, you can get both the graphic novels, one and two, in fucking physical print. If you want them in digital, you got that choice, too. And then to top it all off, I just got a couple novelty items. I got a fucking... It's a pizza cutter slash bottle opener that's got Pizza Boys characters on one side, Pizza Boys, the logo on the other. It's fucking red. It looks fucking sick. I can't wait till they come in. And then I also got Pizza Boys, like, drink koozies or whatever, too, to go go along with it all. So, just simple and fun, but uh, that's, how I, that's how I feel. I'm treating it like a, you know, I'm, the way I'm looking at it is I'm just treating it like it's a total pre-order. That's it. Because, you know, you look at some of the, like, I don't know, like, I was kind of just researching other people's, like, comics on Kickstarter and everybody's fucking asking for an arm and a leg. I feel like I'm the only person asking for, like, a general reasonable price. I mean, there's some others out there that are, too. But, like, shit, there's so many books out there. It's, like, $5 for a fucking digital one. I'm like, fucking Batman doesn't ask me for $5 for a digital one. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's like, also dude, one of those things. It's, like, $5 for a digital for, like, an indie comic that nobody knows who the fuck you are? Like, I, I, that's all I gotta say. It's just, like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like... God. I'd pay, I'd pay five bucks if it was a physical book and I met you at, like, a Comic-Con, but, you know what I mean? A single issue at five dollars? No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, going back to the GameStop thing just for a second, because they would always try and peer pressure you with all that bullshit of, like, oh, well, you get, like, a, this statue of Master Chief, or you get a Assassin's Creed little miniature art book that's, like, 12 pages long. Well, this is actually, like, stuff you can use. You could actually use a beer cozy. You could actually use a uh, pizza cutter and bottle opener at the same time it's not like oh that's gonna be another like two hundred dollars for this pre-ordered pack no it's just it's really just a couple bucks more at the end of the day like you know and that's the thing is i felt like that that's what i want i want something that was like one like practical because i feel like that's something you could like sell at a comic-con and somebody might not even buy your book but they'd be like dude a fucking pizza cutter with a bottle opener fuck yeah i'll get one of those you know what i mean (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you mean they cut a deal with like a food truck outside? Like, look, have bottled have bottled uh, drinks. I'll provide the openers. Okay, send them my way. Yeah, exactly. Here, you know, say you left yours at home. That's where you just stand up next side to a taco truck and be like, you just be like opening up fucking people's like haritos and everything. Be like, hey, by the way, if you'd like your own, <laughs> I got. Or you just hand those out. You hand those out, and they go inside. Like, oh, this is that bottle opener, and this is a comic of the bottle opener. Well, not exactly, but all right, we'll take that. <laughs> this is like, I like this is that comic of the bottle opener. <laughs> That, that, that's who it is. We're halfway there. It's only two bucks. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, here's the book. But but no, it's weird how that is. Because, you know, it's kind of like the bummer is right now is that since Comic Central, like, you know, collapsed in a sense, it's like I feel like there's like that store for indie comics is sort of gone for the internet. You know I me, mean? yeah, I granted you could get them on Comixology and Amazon and so on, but that's like, you know, that's like going into like the fucking Pacific Ocean and like fishing for, you know you know books it's just there's so much shit there that it's so hard to kind of weave through it which when you had a straight up indie site and it had no fucking dc and no marvel and no image and no dark horse and no ani press and all that stuff to get in the way that you just saw like the indie books it's kind of nice when you're not like almost overwhelmed you know you're not overwhelmed like the nintendo fucking switch section you ever notice like when you look at that when you're like the shopping thing it's just like there's so much crap on there and there's no categories or anything like that it's just this long, long, like, 1996, like, fucking internet list of games to choose from. Yeah, sometimes it is a bit overwhelming, and a lot of them are just these weird, random, like, not not making comparison to indie stuff, but a lot of weird, random, like, what's this? Oh, another NES ripoff kind of style game. But uh, going back to Comixology, not Comixology, uh, to, um, to Comic Central for a second, are, will you and Craig still be doing the podcast for that? Yeah, we're still doing the podcast, so we're getting them out, like... You know, well, when we get them out, we got one out like last week, I think, and shooting for another one. But, um, but yeah, trying to still keep that kind of going and still try to, because it's kind of weird. It's like almost felt like instantaneously this whole like indie community of like comics just like broke, and it's just like, oh, the fucking Titanic went down. Like, everybody get on a fucking boat and try to escape. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Like, it's like, and some people like, I remember like, there's one guy. And he literally says, he's like, dude, the second I fucking heard those news, I fucking threw down my pen. So I was like, I don't even want to fucking do this anymore. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I liked it that much there. And it's just like, it is kind of weird because it's like, I've kind of searched and there's not really another website out there for indie comics. I mean, there is, but the, here's the thing. If you don't pop up in the first fucking like three search results on like Google or Bing, it's kind of hard to say that you're like uh, a competitor. You know what I mean? If you're one mm-hmm. of those sites, mm-hmm. it's like, you might be a nice site and all, but if you don't really appear, like, in search results, how's anybody ever going to find you? You know? Yeah, well, I'm not just a... I'm, I got a little bit of an allegory here, but at, at the same time, metaphor, uh, no, I'm, th- I'm sure all these artists and all these books can totally survive on their... Um, uh, totally survive on their own if I'm sure they can get out there and get noticed, and I'm sure they these books like have their own identity but for whatever reason just because i know that you and craig have been doing the podcast for so long on that and um at least like a year and change give or take right it's been a year and or like two years maybe it's almost probably been like at least a year and a half i would say at least yeah so so um you guys were kind of the voice of comic central for a while so i almost get in it's weird kind of getting this image of like all these different, like, you know, you, I haven't had a chance to read everything. There's so much to pit, choose from. But, you know, you get, like, Nashbone and Grifty. You get, like, all these super badass comics. And I'm imagining you made the Titanic allegory. And I'm just imagining just, like, the pizza boys out there on rafts. Like, come on, guys, get in, get in with Project Savior. And just, like, these guys? 
the the, the the fucking pizza boys have the raft. That's fucking weird. You know, I'm sure all these other I'm sure all these other creators and characters will like find a place and like sell. But just at the moment, just like because you guys are still trying to make the thing go on via the podcast, which is cool. Yeah, well, it's like you know, it's like I guess it's that kind of thing. It's like, well, what, what do we do before Comic Central? Because it's not like Comic Central's been around for it was only around for three years, I think, in total. So it is that thing where it's like, oh, I guess we got to go back to Comic Cons, and then it's weird because a lot of people just didn't have their stuff on Amazon. Like I was like, well, I was like, like I kept I kept getting people like, dude, put your stuff up on Amazon because here's the thing: when you tell grandma that you got your comic book up and you tell her that you got it on Comicsology, she's gonna think you're fucking doing drugs. But if you tell her you got it up on Amazon, she's like, oh, he he actually did make it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that sounds much more legitimate trying to explain that to somebody who's not really into comics, you know, where your book is and so on. So it's like, get it there. And even a lot of people just, like, they, they would start with Comicsology and then they'd be like, oh, the process took too long. So I just kind of stopped putting the rest of my books up on there. I'm like, no, no, no. Always continuously put them up there. Doesn't mean it's got to be your main source, but you want to have it on those two. It's like, that, that's like being somebody who's being like, yeah, I'm not going to put my video game in you know walmart be like why that's like fucking half the people are probably gonna buy your game are gonna be there i mean i know you'd you know it's, it's walmart and all but still you want to have it at walmart target games you know what i mean you want to have it in the big places and i feel for you know comic books that's amazon and comiXology but um mm-hmm. yeah i've just been trying to search and just trying to see what is like another digital play you know i mean granted there's comic cons and so on and you know then there's kickstarter and you know to me, like, Kickstarter's kind of a weird one, because it always comes across to me, like, Kickstarter's, like, you're, like, asking for money. Be like, yo, man, I got this fucking great idea. Just need some fucking money, and I'll fucking make it, you know? Wait, you can trust me. And, you know, and I know that's, how, like, how it sort of starts, and it's a little bit more than that. But it's sort of a... Like, I don't know, like, there's that kind of thing, like, like the, I just wanted to treat it like it's literally like a pre-order. That, that's, that's what it is. It's a pre-order for the book. It ain't, you ain't funding anything. You know, because I, I, I'm getting this stuff all fucking ready as the Kickstarter's going on. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I don't need, like, funding. I just say, hey, it's a pre-order. I just want to see how many people want to get the book so that I can go get the prints for the books. And then I ship the prints out. You know what I mean? That, that's what I'm doing. But it's like sometimes some people some... I feel like they're asking. They're just, like, asking for cash. Be like, yo, man, like, fucking, like, I'm an artist. Give me fucking money. It's, it's just like, pump the brakes there, buddy. You know what I mean? I, I get it. It does take a long time to make a book. But here's the thing. Just because you think you put all that time and effort doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get that money. You better just have a good thing to sell and then sell a fucking lot of them fucking instead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, another thing, I guess, by this point, this has probably been said a lot, but things like Indiegogo or GoFundMe or Kickstarter, I think those are ultimately good things. But I think they had to do, there's that learning curve they had probably for the first five years where they had to filter through a lot of the bullshit. Like, hey man, I'm just trying to fulfill my dream and I want to do, I, I, I want to make like a uh, flying toaster oven or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to get there with your funding. And then sure enough, just like nothing ever fucking happened. Like, fuck, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get this guy to get all this fucking money back? How are we going to make people not seem like they're fucking chipped out of it you know you'd have a lot of people that like would try and they donate all this money and then when the thing finally came out it was like half of what they promised and they couldn't even get all the rewards out there so now it's at this thing that i, I imagine i mean i don't have a kickstarter or gofundme like is is pizza boys on kickstarter is that what it's on it's on kickstarter right now i've never done the well i, I set up the gofundme for somebody else once but i've never done it like 
But is is it? I imagine it was probably you had to actually prove like, look, I have it ready. I'm ready to go. It's just more backup funds for what I want. I imagine now they're a little bit probably more you know, like not really strict about it. Because, not really. Okay. Well. Because okay, like, well, I had the Kickstarter initially. Like, it's the, the same account from like the Them Strangers like CD and DVD project from 2011. So that's where yeah. I have the initial account from, and that's the one I've kind of used for whenever I back anything. And then I was just like, well, fuck it. I already got the account. I guess I'll just use it to do the pizza boys one and um so yeah i I, I literally it's one of those ones like you really don't have to i mean they kind of have like a review thing i mean like my my book probably doesn't look very threatening at all be like well if this guy can't provide i'm not too sure we're we're not really out a whole lot (laughs) he's got he's got two books he's he's trying to sell it's pretty much about at the end of the day and a a pizza cutter bottle i don't know what the fuck it is but (laughs) Some, for someone, I don't know who, but somebody. So somebody, you know what I mean? But um So yeah, it's got that, but it's more just like some of the other stuff I kinda just see when I'm flipping through the comics because you know it's like okay, like in general, like a lot of indie comics I always feel like when it came to digital, like they were give or take about two bucks a piece, you know. Some people did ninety nine cents, some people did two ninety nine, but give or take about two bucks, maybe three ninety nine if it was a real thick issue. But it's just so weird on Kickstarter. It's like the pl- the prices are so inflated on that thing. You know, everything costs like so much more than anywhere else you'd ever go. And it's kind of like, I mean, I get it for some things. That's supposed to be like you, you're kind of like, I guess, like kind of donating. You know what I mean? And like, I guess for my book, I don't look at like I'm donating. I'm like, I look like I'm like, hey, it's just like a cool pre-order. Here's a way to kind of create some awareness. I'm gonna sell it for a normal price. You know what I mean? And well, um, I know. Th- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it's just like yeah. You, you watch some of these prices and you're just like, holy fuck! Why would I even want to get that? Like your book is so goddamn expensive now. It's or like the shipping for some of the things. Like, I, well, I can't figure that out too. It's like to ship a book across seas is fucking so expensive nowadays. I don't know what happened. I don't fucking tariffs or some bullshit. Well, um, I was gonna say this. Like looking around at just some like because you know one time I was actually just on like kickstarter or something like that just looking through different graphic novels and comics and projects and there's some like okay i can see an audience behind that and this is probably more expensive than what i would go for but just given the quality of it or what this person's trying to do i get it but then there's some you see where it's like dude i mean i'm not the greatest artist in the world but i can draw better than this and how much are you fucking asking for that and there is all you know so there's some of that kind of shit i think some people are they're trying to reach that point where they could almost like not have, try they're charging so much so they don't have to do their day job and focus on this and part of me gets that but another part of me is like that's fucking unrealistic asking for that much especially on like something like kickstarter where no one knows you you know what i mean so i mean i get the idea of like i don't know it's it's i, I never really donated to that many kickstarters or that many indiegogos because a lot of it was just like too many to look through. I think at first when it first started, it was like, oh wow, there's only so many things. But now it's just like there's something for all of it. So for for everything. So now I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, fucking loot box, kind of like, I mean, well, loot crate or whatever has an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter. It's like you guys, have, okay, fuck off. Well, a lot of times there are certain like subscription businesses that used Kickstarter because like um that that kind of like Nintendo Power like magazine, the new one kind of called Nintendo Force, like you know um. That book that I got, that was initially through Kickstarter at first. And, like, it was just one of those ones, like, it just had a reoccurring, like, $5 payment for each issue. And then they switched over to, like, I think it's Patreon now or something like that. And that's where I pay through it for that subscription. So people were using that kind of stuff, too, at one point. They kind of do 
magazines and all kinds of weird stuff, but, you know, certain things work better for other stuff. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Something like Loot Box, though, already sounds like well and established. So, like, what the fuck are you guys going to this thing now? I mean, I guess I have money troubles, but whatever. Yeah, well, so then you see some stuff. Like, you'll see, like, fucking, like, I always call them, like, sort of, like, celebrities will be fucking on, like, Kickstarter or whatever. And then you just go, like, well, Jesus Christ, look how much fucking money that guy's getting. Yeah, yeah. Granted, I I mean, like, if it's for a project and so on, you got it kind of dialed in. As I said, it's just some of the, it's some of the comics I see where they're charging $5 for a digital one. I'm like, you're taking literally $5 home from each one like that. You know what I mean? Like, shit, Batman don't even take $5 home from each digital fucking, like. (laughs) And it's that kind of thing where it's like, I get it, like, as far as, like, print goes, like, I understand, like, yeah, it's like, DC can print something much cheaper than you can because they can print out, like, a fucking million of them. Well, you have to print out, like, you know, the bare minimum of 25, and you're not getting that fat discount anymore. But, like, when mm-hmm. it comes to digital, though, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, literally, like, you, you're collecting all that money right there. You know what I mean? Like, you don't got to pay anybody else, too. You know, like, I'm going to break down Batman once again. He's getting three ninety nine, but he's got to split that between DC, whoever all the artists are, all the writers are on there, the editors, you know, the marketers, everybody. Like, there's going to be a lot goes through there. Nobody's going to be making that much. As a fucking independent person, you're literally taking home fucking $5 in your pocket. You know, maybe you split it with one or two other people. I think that's their idea. They want to try and make them money. They want to <laughs> like, try yeah, and make that's the fucking point. That's the fucking point. But at the same time, it's like it, how, I mean, there's, there's always a little bit of the, you know, because I guess... I mean, this is bigger than other stuff, but I guess there's, like, you know, the the Jane Silent Bob reboot coming out, and that's not getting a massive release because he's trying to do that totally independently. So he's going to do, all right, well, I'm going to charge 50 bucks, 25 to 50 bucks for tickets to go see it, and we're going to do a show afterwards. That's a little they're, bigger. They're, they're more expensive than that. They're, like, $125 for just, like, certain tickets to that. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so it's one of those things, I mean, I remember going, we saw Kevin Smith twice at different shows, and I remember it being somewhere around, like, 30 to 40 bucks, but I guess these ones, not so much. Maybe maybe it depends on the tickets where you're sitting. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things where, where I guess, all right, well, I mean, that's kind of expensive, but at the same time, it's they're trying to narrow in on their audience, but I guess when you're building your audience, it's kind of weird to have a price that high, but... You know, it is what it is, uh, but yeah, it, well, it, is the uh, Pizza Boys, uh, is it going strong so far? It's going pretty good, about halfway funded with the Kickstarter, so at least... I showed somebody that... just got to kind of do, do more advertising, and so that's always the key thing, it's like that thing where it's just like, oh yeah, I got to continuously advertise and get that spread out and do all that, can't, can't just work on the book yourself, you got to get that advertising going, keep that flow going... There's this guy at my day job who he has kind of a little bit of a similar sense of humor than us to us, and um, I'll show him that like, all right, here's a ad to a comic book my friend is making, or it's already made. He's just trying to put out the graphic novel and have a Kickstarter page. Here's the ad for it, and as I'm showing it to him, I'm just like, just give it a minute. You'll know why I'm showing you this in a minute. He's watching it, just like, okay, whatever, that's cool. He had the little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animation thing. That was cool. And he's just kind of watching it, like, whatever. And then you're doing the Randy Savage, like, all right, get sick artwork. You know, and then the very end, like, order it. And then as the music's going, fading out, or else. <laughs> it just gets a little threatening and intimidating at the end. He fucking nearly died of laughter. Because it is one of those things, like, I was kind of expecting something like that because I know you. But the whole time, like, he's not just doing this voice for no fucking reason. And then he's just like, get it! Because the music's kind of almost faded off by that point, and there's a little bit of dead air. So, 
It was just that was just some shit he was we were saying back and forth to each other. Do it or else like that. <laughs> right, well, that's what I thought. Like I'm like I gotta make a funny video because you look everybody else's videos always so fucking serious and stuff on there. I'm like you know what? No, no, no. If it's Pizza Boys, it's gonna be fucking fun and we're gonna have a good time. And just like I'm like I, I'm doing it, going for it. A lot of the times they would have like those different videos of where it's like. I remember the earlier ones. I haven't watched the Kickstarter or Indiegogo video in a long-ass time. But I remember the earlier ones where it was just like, Hi, my name is Caleb. I'm 23 years old. I live in Seattle, and I'm trying to work on a comic book. And it'll show him, like, in his apartment, like, you know, drawn a little bit, maybe walking down the street of Seattle, working in a coffee shop. But it's hard to do this from a 9-to-5 job as a barista. Blowing some guy, you know? like, in the fucking alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they still have that, like, they still play that happy ukulele music the whole fucking time. Because <laughs> that's the thing about the, that, 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 I think that's the thing that ultimately, like, maybe, like, hate all that shit was, like, not the video of, like, you know, sucking dick to get by and pay Seattle rent. It's really difficult. So that's why I'm going to Kickstarter. Like, well, let's, let's rewind a minute. It wasn't that. It was the ukulele thing they used in every one of those fucking videos. Yeah, where they got that just, like, they just feel that, like, overly produced, you know, just fucking hipstery as can be. I don't know. It's just, there, there is that kind of thing. That's why I always feel even, like, making comics. There's, like, sometimes you see a lot of other people's, like, comic stuff out there, and you go, like, I don't even fucking fit in with this crowd here. Who the fuck are these people? You know, it's it's kind of like, in the independent circuit, there is that section of comic books, I will say. And, it's you know, there's nothing really wrong with it, but it's almost like, I, I feel like, when I see it, there's the people that I call them like, they're, they're, they're the writers that have a buttload of money in their back pocket, and they just pretty much pay their way into the comic book industry by buying artists and letterers and inkers and all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the day, like sometimes their artwork, I mean, it's not their artwork, but the, the artwork that they've bought, it almost looks phony and sort of fake. Like I can kind of see through it. Like, you know what? I mean, like it's not that the art doesn't look good, but it's just like it looks hollow, like it's missing love. That, that's the best way I can kind of say it. You know what I mean? You, you know those kind of books that are out there. Like, you know what I mean? They, they don't have the raw, like, oh, man, I can feel this person's fucking, like, you know, story and everything like that. It, it, and then they also don't have, like, the, like, oh, dude, I can fucking feel this guy's fucking, like, Superman and Spider-Man story. You know, while, while he's making it for Marvel and DC. It's like, no, no, no. It's like that in-between. But it's like, no, I can see where this guy just spent some money and, you know, just thought this idea was going to be kind of cool and... Yeah, you, you, the artwork just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like if I chipped away at it, I'd see that you, you cheaper down the supplies or something like that. I don't know. It's just like, it does. It feels like it's missing something. Like, no soul. There is that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. I'm not going to lie, lately I've been reading a lot of um, the comics I have been reading. It's been kind of a, it's been mostly just like random ass, like, Marvel and DC stuff. Like, I was reading, like, some more recent Moon Knight um, Luke Cage from the 90s and then like some like Green Arrow from like the late 80s that's kind of a lot of the stuff I've been reading just diff- different things around that area and um, and just looking at a lot of that, that that's all, I've kind of like I can't think of any recent examples of what you're talking about but I know what you mean there's those ones where and it's not I'm not talking shit on it but there are those artists I feel like you see it and it's not that the artist is bad it doesn't not that it even looks bad but it does look kind of like whoever drew this it was probably a paycheck you know what I mean it's one of those things not that it looks bad 
artwork's usually, you know, it's better than mine, but at the same time, it just doesn't, sometimes you have that, there's like that, I don't want to use this guy too often, because I know he's often a frame of reference for us, but uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, like, his artwork looks very simple, and it's very to the point, and it's very simplistic, yet, for whatever reason, since maybe because Scott Pilgrim is somewhat autobiographical, I feel like those places that he draws or that comic takes place in, it feels way more real and way more lived in. And, and that's and that's why I always use Scott Pilgrim as almost like the reference. It's like that that just feels like it's all around like a legitimate comic. And it's like it might at the end of the day, it's yeah, it's definitely not the best artwork. That's the kind of artwork you showed like your grandmother and she'd be like, Well, that that guy didn't do very well in school. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to me at the end of the day, that's better than like most people's stuff. And it's just I don't know, it's just as I said, there's nothing wrong with hiring somebody to come by and draw your fucking book and so on. I I don't think there's anything totally wrong with that. But there's just some of those ones where you can just tell where I just feel like somebody just had an extra $10,000 in their back pocket and they could kind of just do whatever they want. There are those books where it definitely does feel like that they didn't really... I don't know. Even in Marvel and DC stuff, there's definitely those artists where they just kind of like, it just looks like, what's Batman doing? He's punching somebody. Where you get someone like, you know, like, you know, I know, another frame of reference we have to use, Greg Capullo, where it's just like, yeah, he has a little bit of cuts on his face because he was crashing through a window, so the glass would come in at this angle, cutting him a little bit. Uh, he's been doing this for like about probably eight hours straight so by this point his gloves have a little bit of tear on them and you know what i mean like that kind of level of detail or like a jim lee you know i noticed mm-hmm. i'm going to a lot of dc artists but you get the idea well that's always like in marvel and dc there's always those books i always kind of call them like generic comp book art and it mostly happens in kind of like the b and c story type stuff you know what i mean like you'll just get some like kind of like an offshoot like i don't want to throw any kind of book on the bus but like you know you just get like an offshoot like fucking you know, Birds of Prey book or a fucking Red Hood and the Outlaws or something like that. And it might have this fucking sick cover. You're like, dude, this this cover's amazing. This book's gonna be so awesome. And then you open it up and it's like, oh, that was just a cover artist. Which I always think is so misleading. I feel like the cover should be the exact same artist as inside the book. Unless for some reason it's like a variant. But even variants I kind of got mixed feelings about. <laughs> but, um... Well, you, you see it like, oh my god, fucking Jim Lee or Michael Turner did this? And Michael Turner's dead now, but back then, you know, then you're like, <laughs> oh, oh, he just did a cover. All right. Yeah, it's just one of those ones where, like, you know, you get, like, a Frank Miller cover, and it's like, oh, well, he didn't fucking draw this G.I. Joe or this Jurassic Park one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, but, yeah. and it's like, I, I get where they're coming from. I, I know why they do it, but it's just, I feel like that's always misleading. You know what I mean? I feel like, that's always why with Pizza Boys, I always like to make the covers black and white so that you know what you're getting into, because that cover is going to be exactly what the interior looks like. Maybe go at some point in time when Pizza Boys reaches a certain level, you can go and do the re-release it in color, possibly. <laughs> like the Scott Pilgrim in color thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've kind of thought about that. Like, um, there's one point I wanted to get there is, um, I wanted to get a guy who, who's just like a colorist. I was like, just to, just for shits and giggles, just pay him and be like, hey, could you just do a, just do a totally sick color job on like one of the Pizza Boys covers? I just want to, just more for my own kind of like pleasure, more than, you know what I mean? Sometimes at the end of the day, it's just like, it just puts a smile on my face if i could just see what it looks like you know sort of like when you get variant covers like i don't know what it is like because with this new piece of voice one dunnigan does want the covers but like i got like 10 people or something like that doing fucking like not technically covers but like variant like artwork and i guess they are covers but they're in the interior of the book and it, i don't know what it is it's something about that just seeing somebody else's artwork with your characters you know and just not really knowing what they're gonna make you know too and coming from around the world it's like it's fun 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is always interesting to see someone else's interpretation of your thing. Unless it's just like, like, oh man, I can't wait to see what this artist I really like made. He just drew a picture of an ass. Like, why, why is there just a picture of an ass? Because this book is fucking ass to me. You said I could draw what I want. That's what I want to fucking draw. Like, all right, thanks. And I guess I can probably put you in like the, you know, third one in maybe. Cool. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. I already have it. I already have it. So. I need to fill this thing in. I already paid for, I already paid for this many pages. I know I always try to like I try to ask them like those like I always kind of feel like like the like sort of like the kind of like B and C lister like comic book creator guys like you know like still the people that are like an image and like Dark Horse and Ani Press and all that stuff but I'm like okay well maybe this person I could reach out to you know what I mean it's, I'm not asking for somebody at the top tier of DC and Marvel I wonder if they would do it. I mean they, like they got the exact same amount of followers as I have on Twitter like there's a shot right. <laughs> Have you any of them ever got back to you? Ne- ne- never got back to me. They probably just like, like the fucking pizza boys, fucking pizza boys guy coming at me again, asking for a fucking variant. I want to sit fucking Those here. Guys probably get asked that all the time. There's probably a bunch of other people with the same thought process. There probably is, but you know what? Never fucking hurts to ask. What's the worst thing that's gonna happen? They're gonna tell you no. They're not gonna respond to you. They're gonna be a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, now by this point because you made image you so you mentioned image and image does still have some of those really really underground people by this point image is just like all the top writers of marvel and dc eventually in dark horse just saying like you know what we want to do our own thing and that's kind of what image is by this point it's all those guys it's all your rick remenders your scott snyders your um more than there's more than that but that's all that's coming to mind uh mark mark miller's coming in just making whatever they want yeah and that's why miller's most of his career is running off of image now yeah well that's why i think it's kind of funny whenever you hear people go like they talk about like they call image independent or they call it like those indie comics i'm like what no no, they're not that that's like that's like as far as comic books go that's like literally just as big i mean grant doesn't make as much money as marvel and dc but like to the like the comic book reader like image is like literally like right there right there alongside marvel and dc in fact you know, same the same thing of Dark Horse and so on like that, too. And, you know, the couple of those other companies like there. You know, I think it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like true independent is pretty much means that, like, whoever the creator is, he scraped all his own money together to put it together. And that's what an independent comic is. Not a comic book that can, like, appear at, like, every comic book across America. Well, not to be this guy, but there was um, IFC, Independent Film Channel. And some point they probably played independent films. Now they're playing... Gangs in New York with commercial breaks. So it's one of those things where everything eventually goes down that route, I mm-hmm. think, if it's there long enough. All that being said, though, the thing that makes Image stand out is if you are lucky enough and good enough to get a deal with Image, it's like, hey, you own that character. You own that. You Image gets a small piece of it because that's fair. They're putting the book out there. Mm-hmm. But you own it. So where DC and Marvel, I mean, I love the characters that come from there, but really the companies that run them are, did... I don't know about up to this point, but back, uh, way back, like as far back as like the 90s, they were really shitty to all their uh, workers. So like, you know, the business division, both those companies fucking sucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're definitely working for the man there. But I feel like that's the trade-off is you get a fucking, you get a fucking draw a fucking Hawkeye and Spider-Man, you know what I mean? And get paid fucking for it and be official. You're not, you're not fan art Imagine, anymore. Just imagine... That that's cool. That that is cool. But it just sucks knowing. Like I, I can only imagine like how little they were paying at different artists and writers at the time. And then you know they later like a movie comes out and like 
that's my fucking story. They literally like chainsawed shit out of my story and threw it into this movie, you know, and, and like didn't get a goddamn dime of it. And I know that's the trade off, but at the same time, when you work in it for that long, and now this shit is just starting to get money, that's gotta that's gotta rub you a little bit long, wrong way. But I I don't know if it's true, but I think I heard that they're trying to start changing that where if they use X amount of your story, you get a little bit of royalties, which um, how much these movies rake in? Like, I get that. Yeah, well, that's like the God. What's that guy who had that fucking Nickelodeon Gothic kid show? Um, oh, Invader Zim. Invader Zim, like that. That guy I've always heard was always like really pissy about Nickelodeon and so on. Being like, like he would walk around Comic Cons, be like, "Yeah, I don't get anything of that. See that T-shirt right there? I don't, I don't collect any money from that and so on." And it's almost like sometimes those people I want to sit down and be like, "Yeah, here's the fucking thing. Without Nickelodeon, nobody knows who the fuck you are." Just, I'm just gonna say that. So this is what you gotta do. You gotta fucking trampoline. Yeah, maybe Invader Zim you ain't gonna get shit from anymore. Make something else, buddy. You know what I mean? Like what? You a one horse fucking like pony? Come on, get this fucking shit going and keep I s- going. I mean, like you know he has other stuff out there that he's made, but it's like I think it's stupid to be pissy about that kind of stuff because like here's a, you got so much more fucking like name recognition now because of Nickelodeon that even if they took like that one show from you. Just make something else because then you could just use your own name and just fucking hopefully you know do your own thing and spread from there. It's just like I don't know. So people, I just think they get that thing's like, I guess no, I want my money now. It's my money and I need it now. Well, I, I don't know that whole story with that. I know that I, I've heard an interview with him and he didn't seem like too much of a dick. Maybe he was, but he didn't seem like a dick in the interview I saw him on. He was like on Double Toasted one time, and uh, he came across as like uh, how do I put it like. He seemed like, because, you know, they had the second, uh, they had this Vader Zim movie that came to Netflix, which kind of, I guess, maybe they'll make another one, but this is like, oh, here's one more quick little thing to kind of wrap up some plot threads. And he was like, it was kind of weird because the show really wasn't a good show for kids, but Nickelodeon was okay with making it, and no one, it just kind of, it's not, we're not really sure why <laughs> well, it got canceled. Let's be honest, Somebody, how many shows on Nickelodeon are actually good for kids from the 90s, kind yeah. of 2000s, you know what I mean? Yeah, Ren and Stimpy and all I, that. As yeah. a fucking kid, I could notice that there's something off about those shows. I mean, I, I watched both the uh, Rocco's Modern Life uh, episode on um, Netflix, as well as the Invader Zim thing, because they came out around the same time, and Rocco's Modern Life, there's some things I totally forgot about that were back in this. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. I forgot about this character. And watching that, it was like, even though there's still some definite kid jokes in there, it was definitely aimed at old fans. That's what it was really aimed at. It was making jokes about how people, the Rocco's Modern Life one especially, was making jokes about, like, they were comparing... Because they come there in space, they've been up there since the 90s, they come back to Earth, and they find out his favorite show, The Fatheads, was canceled, he's trying to get it rebooted, and they have all these jokes about, like, you know, why is everything so dark and gritty whenever you make a reboot? They had some Batman v Superman jokes, and then he's just like, it's not the same thing, it's different! I'm like, well, we weren't going to make you the exact same thing, I mean, it's been 20 years, you know, they have that whole joke in there. This is the next generation thing, you gotta move on. There's literally a joke they had about that. And one of the characters was even trans now. And they didn't make a joke out of it. Like, hey, that's just new age. That's what we're doing. So um, it's one of those. So it's kind of like. So uh, I kind of got off another tangent there. But um, going off that, though, that dude in the interview, the uh, Invader Zim guy, mm-hmm. he came across as a little bit not not like bitchy or pissy about it, but more of kind of like, you know, I put a lot into Invader Zim. And I, depending on how it went down, because 
I know there's probably, if you make a deal with Nickelodeon, you're in some ways probably making a deal with the devil. That probably goes with any major studio. But um, I, 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 I imagine if you put that much of yourself into something and then you don't get nothing back or how you get treated back, then that could leave a bad taste in your mouth. But it depends on what level it was. I mean, how much money you make off this thing, I don't know. There's Because there's some stories you hear, like the Ben 10 guys, I guess they all got a piece. I heard one of those guys in an interview one time. They all got a piece of it, and they all walked away like, dude, I don't give a shit, I'm fucking rich, you know? And then you hear about this guy who really, I mean... Invader Zim is definitely, you look at that, that's not something made by committee. That is something that's came from a fucked up mind of one guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, that this all comes from, like, kind of, like, comic book store, like, just, like, you know, hearsay, you know, but, um, it is just one of those ones, like, sometimes I feel that there is kind of a trade-off in life, you know what I mean? And, like, you shouldn't always expect to kind of get everything just because you are the sole creator, because, in a sense, like, you guys say, like, Nickelodeon... I mean, I always would be like, kind of like, but I kind of like, I don't know, I guess it's like the thing is like, the older I get, the more I kind of look at like every single side. It's like, well, here's the thing, Nickelodeon, it's like, here, we got a fucking weird ass show we're going to take a chance on, put fucking money into and get all this stuff going for you, you know? And I think the thing is, is like, you almost got to look at the positives always in life. It's be like, hey, now that you're popular and now that people know who you are by name, now you can sort of go out and do almost whatever you want because you can fucking kick down doors and people will let you in because all you got to do is be like, dude, I'm the fucking Invader Zim guy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that. Mm-hmm. Ki- you, you just you don't get that anywhere. You know what I mean? Like that fucking just kind of comes only to like special people. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, so I feel that like that's kind of that thing where it's like you know the Ben Ten guys sound like they just got a good fucking contract. They got they got like the twins contract because that was like what um, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, the director, um, the guy who did fucking Blues Brothers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think. I think it's I his name. But uh, Landis. Uh, I think. So. I, I think it's him. Maybe I could be wrong. Did Land? Did Landis do do Blues Brothers and Animal House, or is that am I mixing people up? Because I, I thought that was the same guy who did Twins, but maybe I could be wrong. Or is did he? Maybe not. Did the same not, guy do yeah. Ghostbusters? Because I want to say that's. No, no. Okay, no, no. It's the Ghostbusters. So it's the Ghostbusters else, guy. Yeah. Then, um, well, whatever. But they had that deal yeah, where John like Landis was like, yeah. Those three guys had the deal where they got like like it was like un- kind of unheard of in like the movie industry where it's like oh they just get a percentage of like the fucking ticket sales and of course twins did fucking amazing so it was like mm-hmm. the movie that Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger made the most amount of money off of. You wouldn't expect that. You think it'd be Terminator Two or something, but yeah. Well, um, that's that that weird thing about twins is like I know it's like a fucking tangent right now, but like that's that movie that. You've, nowadays, it's just kind of like a movie just on a back shelf in, like, a dusty fucking VHS store now. But, like, that movie was fucking huge when we were kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that movie was just, like, massively big. Like, I don't even know how you could really make a movie like that nowadays. Cause I just don't think you could sell something. Like, that kind of concept was very, like, late 80s, 90s type. But, like, that For movie was For a split was second, so they were going to do... They're... For a split second, when they were first starting to do all these, um, you know, sequels to, to like movies that came out like 10 to 20 years ago uh they're looking at twins they're talking about doing triplets and eddie murphy was going to be the third one so i don't know how you explain that but it didn't believe it or not didn't go fall through so i know it didn't, didn't pan out they've been so. trying that one for like 10 plus years like I, I always hear that one get brought up all the time and it's like it'd be it's one of those ones like like okay like that would be fun to me but like i just i don't know how well that would sell to like a mass audience this day and age because even yeah. Twins is just like, it, it It just has that 80s magic that you can't mm-hmm. really get nowadays. Ma- magic disappeared after the 2000s. 
Once the Matrix yeah. came out, magic was gone. It was fucking, that was <laughs> it. it. It wasn't the Matrix's fault, but everybody past the Matrix just decided that, like, no, get rid of this fucking magic stuff. Well, we got Lord of the Rings coming out. That's old-timey. You know, everything from now on, no more magic. No more whimsical stuff. No more, like, good feelings and happy times. Those days are fucking over. No, no, no. Unless no. it's a British boy on a broomstick. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess he could have magic. He could get, but it's, it's yeah. fucking England. Everything's kind of magic. <laughs> that's what they do. That, that's what they do that shit over there. <laughs> Makes a little bit of money, so we're okay with it. But uh, um, going back to, I don't want to stay hung up on this. I'm not like looking to like get into a rumble here or nothing like that. But um, you know, but uh, going back to the whole thing about like this company gave you a shot, go move forward from there and try and pick up the pieces. Not always the case. I mean, there are some cases where it is a little bit of like, all right, this gave you an opportunity, move on to the next thing. But sometimes it's like you get those situations where they really did fuck them over. Like DC really fucked over Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster. And it was one of those things where they literally belittled what it was they had. Like, look, look, it's just this, it's a dude in silly tights. He's not going to do a whole lot. Just fucking sell it. And you know, you'll get by, you know, just what else do you got? You know, and they do it. This thing becomes huge and how much they're making off this thing and how massive this thing comes, and they can't share a fucking dime of it with them just because, well, you know, you signed a contract back when this was all, like, you know, we told you it was all bullshit, but now we're rich off it, so I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, guys, you know. So that's a situation where I'm like, "Uh, no, no, I I understand you made a deal with a corporation, but at some point there's got to be a little bit of, like, all right, let's be fucking realistic here, especially going back to, like, the Bill King... uh, um, Bill Finger, Bob Kane situation where it's like, yeah, I mean, Bob Kane probably did have a little bit more involvement with Batman than people want to admit. And at the same time, you know, Bill, you know, he, Bill Finger, like signed a contract to like goes all that lets all the rights and all that stuff go to Bob Kane. But that was once again, one of those situations where he was a dude who they made it when they had nothing and he happened to have a little more at the time. And then once he was like, I mean, Bill Finger died in a fucking in a fucking apartment alone, sick. Mm-hmm. While Bob Kane King, uh, Kane was fucking rich, or Bill was Bill King or Bob Kane? Bob, Bob Kane. Bob Kane was fucking loaded. So it's one of those things where it's like uh, there are some times where I'm just like I get the resentment and I understand why people feel fucked over. But there are those other ones where it's just like okay, dude, I, I understand you feel fucked over out of this company, but move on to the next thing. But you know, it's, it's depends on what level each case though. I mean, yeah, it's like one of those ones, I mean, I know it's like kind of when it's like you got a fucking like, in a sense, like a kid fucking signing a contract that's never really a good thing, you know what I mean? Because that's pretty much what all those situations are. They're all kids signing contracts, you know, like fucking the, They're su- all people the Superman like guys, it's 18. like, hey guys, here's 500 bucks and some beer money, and they're like, fucking hey! Fucking who cares? They were like, eight. Yeah, it's like, well, it's a lot of the, pro- a lot of like the, whatchamacallit, a lot of the, like, uh, record companies, you had Billy Corgan on Joe Rogan talking about, like, think about it. You're 21 and you're signing a contract that 29 or 30 year old version of you has to abide by. Yeah, and it's like that's kind of the. It's like, and it's almost one of those ones. Like, I kind of hate to say it, but it's almost that sort of thing where, like, that's why I sort of look at it like in a very wide perspective. It's almost like as that fucking like youth, you almost need to. I mean, you might not be able to kind of afford it at the moment, but like. You almost need to have that lawyer come in and look it over for you for your own, you know, safety and protection. You know, I think it's really easy to be like, fucking hey, dude, DC's going to give me some beer money. It's going to be fucking sick. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like, I, I mean, like, when you sign a contract, you've signed a contract to be like, you know, I mean, like, I know in, like, the nice world, we all want people to be like, well, you, just because you signed that contract, Billy, that said for 10 years DC owned your fucking nutsack, and you decided not to read that part. Well, it's, this, it's the same type of shit that made fucking Watch, made Alan Moore not stop writing for DC. They said that, like, you know, he's like, look, I want to own a piece of Watchmen. I want to own a piece of the, um, how much we're going to make off the, uh, um, it was, it was some weird fucking little loophole, but it was like, I want to, they, they were not expecting Watchmen to be as big as it was. Yeah. And there was some weird loophole where I'm going to make X amount of dollars off the, uh, off the issues and we'll go from there. And then after a while they stopped printing the issues and they did trade paperbacks and from there, like, well, we talked about the issues. We didn't talk about the trade paperback. And you, well, you, you said, well, we also agreed not too much merchandise, but you're doing these board games for Watchmen in the 80s, too. Like, yeah, well, you know, it was just, they, there's always some stupid little loophole. And so it's like, yeah, you could say you signed this contract and you should have looked it over. And to some extent, that's true. But another extent, it's like, uh, they're just these sly motherfuckers that are just trying to get one up on the actual creative people. So I mean, fuck them. I have, I'm, I'm more. This is one of those cases. I'm far more on the artist side. It's just I understand that the artist probably got to read the contract a little better. But a lot of times they come at these people when they're hungry and they're very vulnerable and they don't really have a whole lot of business savvy. And it's it's good to come in business savvy. One of the reasons why the Stones lasted for so long is because. Mick Jagger was in economics and, mm-hmm. you know, sociology, all that kind of shit. So he had an idea of how everything was going to go, like, just put, like, um, just money-wise. So it's just, you know, he was, uh, yeah, sorry. Just, I'm getting myself in a corner. I'm getting wound up. Well, that, that's what I feel. It's like, you know, there's so many artists out there that they, they just want to poo-poo business. But it's like, that literally is 50% of your fucking job is business. And it's like, I, you, you hate to kind of say it. It's like, sometimes it's kind of like... You gotta learn that. It's just like one of those ones you can't just willy nilly think that like you're just gonna get on by without kind of doing that and hopefully hoping everything works out. I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. Roll those fucking dice. <laughs> you know who knows? But I think there is something because you look at everybody who sort of pre-plans themselves into it, like the Stones, like a Ted Nugent, like a fucking Gene Simmons, and they don't have those kind of problems in the long run because they sort of kind of pre-plan that thing out. But the people are just like, "Fuck it, 21 years old, let's do it." You know what I mean? Those are the guys that kind of like. You know, and then you know. Next thing you know, it's like then they're trying to buy back their fucking songs when they're forty years old from the record company and so on. And you know, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. Well, the the fucked up thing about that, I guess, is the companies often prey on people that are just young and talented and just got this shit going. That's the thing that I guess bothers me, and I understand that they're in like you're at that point where like, well, it's now or never. I guess you kind of get to that point. You, you know, think about that when we were like in in our twenties, and somehow mm-hmm. on the smallest chance that drunk Batman was gonna get on Adult Swim, and we, we was like, but you get this, this, and that. But um, um, uh, we we definitely would have taken it, and who knows, maybe it would have probably like got us other places. But at the same time, there's that whole thing. Uh, maybe Drunk Batman's not the best example because that's doing a parody of something else that's already fucking massive. But, but at, um, at that time period, that would have been kind of, of those... that would have been actually like logical because that still fit into like what was kind of like the norm because you think of like Rooster or not Rooster Teeth, but um, fucking Robot Chicken and all that kind of stuff at that time. So it kind of like yeah. that that wasn't out of the question, I think, at then. Yeah, but then I guess the thing is, 
I mean, now I guess people are a little bit more savvy, and you have people that coming in via, going back to this, Kickstarter and Indiegogo and all that kind of shit. So because of that, you have people, I think, that are... Um, yeah, they, a lot of these companies actually have more, to some extent, actually have competition. But for the longest time, if you wanted your shit being seen, you had to make a deal with one of these companies. And if your stuff got through uh, the cracks, or not through the cracks, but if your, st- if your shit got through, you know, got seen in a bigger perspective, then, you know, okay, that's cool, that's good. But then it happened too often. You usually needed a big publisher or a big studio or something to make yourself known. But that by that point, you already signed a contract, these fucking assholes. Yeah. And, you so know, that's the reason why I have zero sympathy for a lot of these companies. That's the reason why. And, that, and that's where I always think that, like, it's almost like when, when you create something, you should almost have, like, a burner, in a sense. And it's almost like have something that you're willing to kind of, like, burn and part with because you know you have other ideas that if for some reason something does happen, you can fucking jump ship. I think it's the people that, like, they only have that one idea in life. Those are the people that get fucked. Is like this because they only have that one thing and that's all they're known for, and they can't seem to like get more ideas going. Like that's one of those ones. Like I feel like th- that's the tough part right there. Like if that was the only thing you were good at, and you're the fucking like, you know, that's it. You're this a fucking one trick pony, and mm-hmm. you you never thought of like more things in the, for the future and so on. And now this one company owns all that stuff, and you can't seem to make anything else. But um. I don't know. I think that's just always the thing. Always go in prepared. Damn it. Be like a Boy Scout. Be prepared because business people will lurch on you and try to get you and try to back you into a corner and have you blow them in Seattle and the fucking streets, you know, during your Kickstarter video. They're crafty that way. <laughs> don't stop playing that ukulele while this happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, our... there's all that fun if stuff. You reach, if you donate $500, I'll suck your dick myself. <laughs> our premium backers for six hundred dollars i'll wear the chapstick while i do it yeah exactly but um but yeah enough about that just go check out pizza boys that's all that matters there, there's it's freedom infused 53 in minute ad for 53 pizza fucking boys. minute ad with, with a little bit of about debate on business politics business and kickstarter and whatever but uh how about that sonic trailer Oh, fuck, yeah. So, a lot of shit has happened. We went to go see Tom Morello. We saw Sonic. Man, we saw the Sonic trailer. Mandalorian happened. Pokemon Sword and Shield happened. It's and we spent of... all this time just bitching about, like, what is, po- what is like, business? What's right? What's wrong? I know. Just... Yeah, the Sonic trailer. Actually... Go ahead. Sorry. It's just been a magical time. My birthday just fucking happened, and all this magic started happening right during it, I guess. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Just <laughs> one of those things. People just wanted to, like, fucking... They're like, well, it's Spencer's birthday, so we gotta make sure he's well entertained. Well, Sonic was originally set for your birthday, but it got pushed back to Valentine's Day. So. Well, they're, they're like, you know what? It's not good enough for Spencer, you know? We're gonna have to go back. <laughs> it's it's okay, though. He's gonna have Sword and Shield. That, that, that'll hold him over. That's okay. Nintendo will hold him over while Sega fixes their fucking problems. But, uh, like, it's weird. Like, that Sonic trailer, though, like, when, when, I, when I see that new one, it's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking set. I mean, like, it does still have that feeling, like... It is like a 2005 movie. I'm not gonna lie; it feels like it should be going up against like Elektra and fucking like you know the Hulk. But um, it's one of those ones that, like Sonic looks dialed in. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like that, that's about all I really need. You know what I mean? It's a start. You know, I, I would love to see a full-on hardcore Sonic movie where it's got Knuckles and fucking Tails and like 
you know, there's fucking the Chaos Emeralds and, like, every adult's like, what the fuck is going on in this film? But at the end of the day, I, like, if it's just Sonic the Hedgehog, I'll be like, yo, bro, I'm just showing up at fucking, you know, the U.S. I don't know. Fucking, I got bored. There's some robots here. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Well, when they show the beginning, they show Green Hill Zone. It's just like, it, I, I think I'm going to get kind of like Thor 1 syndrome where I'm like, okay, why don't we spend the whole time in Asgard? I mean, don't get me wrong, Thor 1, I like it more than we when I first saw it, but it was one of those things like, God, Asgard is so much cooler. Why don't we do more shit here? Why is why he we in fucking to, Arizona why, or New Mexico? Why, why are we in New Mexico or whatever, yeah. And I, I see Green Hill Zone, and the thing is about it, it looks like Green Hill Zone, yet it looks kind of like, every so often you see something like, how are they going to pull that off? And you look at it like, oh, it actually looks like Green Hill Zone. It looks really good. And, I mean, you know, it looks it's obviously cartoony. But at the same time, it just looks like it looks like it has its own little bit of a stamp to it. But at the same time, I could tell what the fuck that is. And I'm not sure what it is. I'll be 100% honest. I don't know if it's one of those things. Because I'll be honest. The first trailer looked like straight fucking ass. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it made me still want to see it in a was... weird way. I don't know what it was. It was like, yeah. I was still sold on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. I saw it. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, it looks like some major league dog shit. But I still want to see it just out of curiosity and as a Sonic fan. But then this one, I'm like, I don't know if it's just because I'm comparing to what the other one was. Or if this one actually looks legitimately better just off that design. Because the jokes aren't even all that great in this one. There's still some better jokes, but not like amazing jokes. I'm, I'm thinking like... I'm wondering if we this is the first trailer we saw. We'd be like, oh, okay, all right, cool, we'll find out. Or if just because the last one was so bad and so misguided that this one looks, like, so much better, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I think overall, I mean, like, it, it's simple Sonic. That, like, let's, let's, you know, it doesn't, it's not super complicated, but I think just the idea that, like, we're getting a Sonic movie is, you know what, and, mm-hmm. it, and it looks halfway decent, I, I think that's kind of, like, how I look at it. It's just, you know what? This is cool. This is cool enough. You know what I mean? It might not be like the greatest movie ever. You know what I mean? But you know, it's kind of, kind of like the detective Pikachu movie. That's what I feel like. Now it looks like it's like on par of detective Pikachu as far as look wise. Well, I'm kind of wondering about this one. If it's going to be, um, cause think of back to that old trailer. Cause everything about it looked misguided. So I'm, I'm wondering, I don't want to sound all conspiracy theory about it, but I'm wondering if like how much of this thing was already ready to go. <laughs> And how much of it? Because because I'm I'm just thinking it, about it. Was it a marketing like, ploy? <laughs> I I don't think it's as far as that, but I'm kind of wondering because like, all right, there's the very first silhouette they put out of him, and you know, even as the silhouette, the silhouette poster, people are like, what the fuck is this? You know, and then like, oh, okay, uh, let's pull back on this a little bit, and then they started, they put out the actual trailer and. He still did not look good, but at the exact same time, he kind of had, like, I don't know, it was like, he still didn't look good, but he didn't look exactly, he didn't look as built or buff as he did in that silhouette, but it still looked odd, it still looked weird. And then (laughs) we get this version, and he looks way, he actually looks like the fucking character, which was shocker, you know? (laughs) You had one fucking job, like, the makeup, you only got one fucking Sonic character in there other than Dr. Robotnik, like, you know what I mean? Like... But, um... Well, it's also... Go ahead, yeah. All right, no, you you, you go. Well, it's one of those things, like... I I really just want to be in that fucking pitch meeting when they were putting together that first trailer. Because it's like... 
they put it they play I, i'm guessing they like you know what um maybe they liked the us trailer how it played i got five on it the whole time like let's take a little bit of that but it's gonna be gangster's paradise and like why gangster's paradise for a fucking sonic movie i mean i know they were both big in the 90s but of everything you could play, I mean, like a Ramones cover, what they're doing in the second trailer makes sense because it's fast paced, it's upbeat, it's about World War II. So, but at the same time, <laughs> it's 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 fitting for Sonic, just the pace it moves at. Yeah, exactly. Shit, I would I would have put fucking picked the Red Hot Chili Peppers one, but that's just me. But um, I want a party on your pussy, baby. <laughs> like, all right, we can't put that in the trailer. Like, all right, all right, we'll go with uh, we'll go. We'll go with like um uh what's like uh like uh I can't believe I'm drawing the name blank on the name of the song. It's the name of the uh actual fucking album. Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic? Not Blood Sugar Sex Magic. <laughs> Blood that Sugar Sex good. Magic. Sex Magic <laughs> Blood Sugar Baby! Because <laughs> that's like one of those ones where it's like that's the name of the album, that song's fucking weird compared to Gary. <laughs> like that's one of the weirder songs on that album too, and you're like, huh. Blood sugar baby, sex magic, like that. <laughs> just or just playing like just anything off that album that's not like under the bridge or something or like well what like what if they just playing sexy like Mexican maid. like Sir Psycho Sexy? <laughs> like that. Well, that, that's what I think they should have played with Sir Psycho Sexy. Sir Psycho Sexy, that See, is that me. is me. I got demons in my semen <laughs> with my heart on bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> you said you want to lean into the 90s aspect we're really doing it here we're going to go for an edgy sonic you know what i mean we, we know we know what half is audi- half his audience is you know kind of that furry kind of you know category so you know what we're going we're going for it it's it's rated r why is that just one song choice that we play front and center you couldn't just kind of like cut out the song, the parts of the song, and work around it. No, no, we're sticking to it. We got a fucking vision. Fuck you. Get out of the way. We're moving fast. We're moving Sonic fast. Yeah, Sonic fast. We get it. And uh, due to recent <laughs> polls, uh, every you know we we, <laughs> we had a seventy nine percent you know that said yes to an Amy Sonic bang scene. <laughs> so we we thought you know what we fucked up with the first one. Let's just go with whatever these people t- decide to tell us. Well, you got people coming in, like, because they literally, I mean, people, like, dismiss it as a way of, like, they didn't like the way Sonic's mouth looked and his hands. Now they're changing the entire design. They, like, totally, like, in some ways kind of a little bit misrepresented, but it's like, no, it's just one of those things. I'll I'll be 100% honest with you. Um, I like what they did. I think he looks good now. He looks like the character, and that movie looks, like, a lot better than initially did. Financially, though... I don't know if it's going to turn around. I really hope I'm wrong, and I really hope this movie does good, and I hope it is good, but at the same time, I got a feeling it's they're just going to... They kind of shot themselves in the foot by catering to the fans what the fans wanted, because how much more money is that? The thing got pushed back, and now they got to make how much more money for this movie that people already had like little faith in. But my question is, do they actually... Aside from hardcore fans who are mad about the way his teeth looked... <laughs> Do you think a lot of people are really going to go out out of their way to see the movie? No, because this is one of these. I'm going to say this about Sonic. There's like a cap at how many people will be able to show up to this movie. You know what I mean? He's not. A, he's a character that everybody sort of knows, but not everybody's like, "Oh shit, I'm going to drop everything to go see Sonic." You know what I mean? Like, 
there's it's he, I I really feel it's gonna be mostly just fans. You know, there might be just like you know kids and so on. They're like Sonic, you know, one of those things, and like their parents are like, "Fuck, it's something to like calm Billy down for you know two hours." You know, and I can fucking do a line of coke while we're watching it, <laughs> so it's all okay. But um, I have nowhere to run though, and watching this hedgehog makes me want to run. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll just run in place. These kids don't give a shit. There's just, you know, like, you know, there's always everyone's while there's, like, some fucking stupid kid running in the movie theater. Just, there's this fucking, this adult that's just running back and forth in the movie theater, like, I'm so fucking high! So fucking high! <laughs> Gotta go fast! And now you get the sales up of this. Well, you get the sales up in the movie. When you go when you go see any Pokemon movie in theaters, you get a free trading card. This one, you get a free bump of cocaine. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that would, that would get the sales up for this one. Because that's the thing, is, like... That's only in Colombia, though. You know, it's that weird thing that, like, Pokemon is very, like, I think that's the thing. Everybody always wanted to write Pokemon off as being, like, some novelty, like, you know, like, you know, flash in the pan thing. No, Pokemon's fucking, like, that, that is a lifetime fucking character. Pokemon is like Mickey Mouse, you know what I mean? Pe- you know what I mean? People don't even fucking, people have already forgotten Mickey Mouse. Shit, he's already fucking kicked to the curb, even by Disney himself, almost. If it wasn't for South Park, we wouldn't see Mickey Mouse in, like, fucking animated form anymore. You know what I mean? But, um... Like no, they actually got a way of hypnotizing kids into liking Mickey Mouse because he does like some Blues Clues shit with like uh, Nick Jr. I have well, he's, he's, he's got like I have that, like my my that, that, that ain't fucking real. My animation. cousin's kid watched that. <laughs> I want to see Mickey on my, my steamboat with Donald and shit and going on a magical adventure and you know fucking fighting bones and all kind of you know what Mickey used to do. Remember what Mickey used to do for us? That's I remember when Mickey. he used to grab like a cow by its tits and slap it musically. Yeah, <laughs> no. That... <laughs> And swing around a fucking cat like he didn't give a shit, making a sound of a harmonica. I don't know how it worked. It was Disney magic. Yeah, but um, but it's like that kind of thing where like Pokemon's like one of those that. ones it where it's just like the fuck out of cats. It extends like almost like almost up to like you could probably say almost age forty, like forty and below. You got a hardcore audience that's like right in that section where Sonic has that same like demographic. I just don't feel like there's nearly there's like twenty five percent of those people would maybe go see a Sonic movie. You know what I mean? Well, I think well, P- Detective Pikachu made money, but didn't make as much as they hoped. Like it, it made enough to be a success, but not as much as people hoped for. And I think that um, the big reason of that is just when it was released. It came out a week after Avengers Endgame, and I think if it waited like maybe a few more like weeks or something, it probably would have done like even better, and probably would have made a bigger splash. But um, something about I don't know what it is about like. Because I remember when there was, like, when we were kids and Pokemon came out, and I don't want to lead to a whole other conversation here, because we've talked about the five dark years of Pokemon in the past, and people who are turning it in for the first time or don't know older episodes, like, what the fuck do you mean? Well, it's, it, But you, you cover it in your book, so feel free to pick up an issue of Pizza Boys, because we cover it in that one, the most it, recent, issue eight. Issue eight. So, issue eight um, explains all this. We don't need to say more. We'll put a link in the description. But anyway, um, uh, Pokemon came in fast. And it left really hard, and people turned on it really hard. And if you liked Pokemon at a certain point, you were a fucking freak. But then at some point, it came back around. I'm not going to lie. I kind of caved into peer pressure. The main thing is I didn't like the show anymore because I realized the show was just rinsing and repeating, and that was the main reason I liked it. And then all the other people were like, it's lame, it's lame. I'm like, well, I guess it can't be seen playing silver. So I never finished it. And then as time went on, I'm like, you know, the games are still kind of fun. And... Somehow, it just one day, like in, later in high school, because oh, we were built into Pokemon like a middle school, later in high school, it came back with like a fury. 
and then people stop caring about all the stigma that comes behind it. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just because that was our generation, our time when that was going on. But well, some reason, Sonic's always been like there visually. Like people always liked the way he looks, and people always liked the, you know, the aesthetic of him. But his games have never sold like a Pokemon game since that point. No, because Sonic's always kind of stuck to being like hardcore Sonic fans by the games, and then like I think children are kind of like the thing. There's there's always a there's always a rotating rule of like six to eight year olds that like fucking buy into a Sonic game and whatnot. But um, really quick before we continue on, let's take a quick break. I, okay. I gotta pay. I had too many Dr. Peppers. Mama said, and don't drink too many Dr. Peppers, you stupid fuck. <laughs> I said, Mama, I do I what said, I fucking you want. Won't. I drink a million Dr. Peppers that I fucking need. Mama, you can't stop said, me from drinking Dr. Peppers. You won't do that again. Dr. Peppers show me your tits, Mama. and I like them titties too. Like, what are you talking about, Forrest? <laughs> Mama, I survived war. You don't fuck with me. I've seen some shit. I watched my best friend die in front of me, and I didn't give a fuck. I took his fucking fishing boat company is what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Stole right from under his mama's face. Exactly. And when I gave him that check at the end, she thought he was good. Half. Well, I only gave her like, you know, $200, but that was a lot to his mom. I'm Forrest fucking Gump. I do what the fuck I want. That $200 didn't pay for the medical bill for when she fainted, I tell you that right now. (laughs) I thought it was fucking funny. Just like Lieutenant Dan's legs. I, like, I, I took like those too. <laughs> I like the idea of evil, like Mr. Burns, Forrest Gump. <laughs> he's, just, he's going around just fucking... Everybody he thinks that he's helping out, he's actually just fucking hindering. He's the one that like creates all the problems. He actually killed Jenny. <laughs> I poisoned Jenny. I said that kid's only for me and me alone. I don't trust your whore-like ways. And once she was dead, and once that day, once little Forrest got back from school, school bus that day, I said, guess what? You're going to boarding school. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's only one thing. It's just me, my lawnmower, and that's all I fucking care about. And making a lot of fucking money while pissing people (laughs) off. Oh, oh boy. But, but, uh, yeah, speaking of other big things, though, like, dude, that new Pokemon game fucking outrageous dude it's one of those ones like i know we talked about this like last year when pokemon like the remakes of yellow came out with the let's go ones that that was kind of like the pokemon game that we always wanted like our entire lives but i kid you not though this really is the one where it's like you know i just think about like when you know pokemon came out in 1998 in fucking america and you're playing on the game boy the first thing i was kind of thinking was like dude Imagine this on the fucking N64 looking like fucking Final Fantasy 7 or 8. That is all I ever wanted was just that kind of Pokemon. And it's like, I feel this one is literally the you know, the first one you can finally say, yes, we are truly there. <laughs> 20 fucking years later, we are truly there. I'll say this. I really like the game so far. I'm not that far into it. I've only... Because I've just had a busy week. But um, I've only... Uh, I just beat the first gym a little bit ago. And um, in that kind of like air between areas between the first gym and the next town. Mm-hmm. 
And I really do like the game. It is really fun. And this is probably the first time I've bought a brand new Pokemon. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll count Let's Go, because Let's Go is technically a remake. So, But at the same time, this is like the first time I bought a mainstream game, mm-hmm. uh, brand new, right when it came out. Probably since Silver. And Because um, I played Black. I never finished Black, but I liked what I played of it. And uh, I got probably like maybe three quarters of the way through Black. Um, but... This one right here, I I'm, I do plan on finishing it. It is a really great game, but god damn it, I, I hate the fucking rivals so much, dude. I just, I fucking fucking hate hop is that that is one. Of the, I will say though, though, that's the only like, like I keep hearing people talking smack about this new Pokemon game. I'm like, I don't know what they're fucking talking smack about unless it's fucking hop. If it's fucking hop, I understand because dude, hop is like the worst fucking neighbor you could possibly have. He's like this rich douchey kid. Who fucking his like he's like yeah my brother's like Pokemon champion of fucking Scotland so fuck you he does what he wants you know what I mean and like so that makes me like fucking royalty practically you know and he's always fucking there like everywhere I go he's fucking there and he's doing that thing where he's like wafting his own fucking farts each time he's like squatting down like waving his hands in the air <laughs> just like breathing it in like oh my farts are so fucking awesome my name's fucking Hop. And it's Smell it, Wooloo! And it's just like... I don't know, it, it comes to a point, too. Like, I think it's like, here's the thing. In the 90s, we had fucking Gary. And what made Gary kind of great is that he was your neighbor, but he was a fucking ass that you fucking hated. He could be like, hey, what's up, Slimeball? You know, catch you later, bro. I'm gonna fucking go out here and catch real Pokemon, unlike your bitch Pokemon. And he'd be like... And with his fucking hair flapping in the wind and shit. And, you know, like, he was an asshole. But, like, now we live in the anti-bullying age. And it's almost worse. I feel like I'm more angry now because of this. Because, they tr- like, the last handful of Pokemon games, they kind of started doing the thing where it's like, well, instead of having, like, a rival who, like, fucking hates your guts and tries to, like, poison you in your sleep, we're going to start having, like... You know, it's your neighbor who's, like, your friend that you grew up with. And it's like, fuck that guy. I don't want to go fucking catch Pokemon with my neighbor. I fucking hate my neighbor. You know what? I hope he fucking dies a fucking scurvy on our fucking journey here. You know what? Because it's a fucking pirate journey because we're in Scotland in this Pokemon game. So fuck it. I hope he's dead. I don't want to see him alive. I'm sick and tired of fucking Hop. And it's like, even some of the last Pokemon games, like, it was kind of like Let's Go also had that same thing, too, where it's like you had... You had a fucking annoying-ass neighbor. Not as bad as Hop, but, like, I'm sick and tired of this, like, trying to, like, we're out of the playful rivalry. Let's have a challenge for fun. It's like, no, no, no. In the 90s, there wasn't such thing as fucking fun. You made your own fucking fun. But, like, somebody came up to challenge you. He was trying to steal something from you. So you made sure you beat the fucking shit out of him to prove your fucking worth. (laughs) And I think that's the thing. It's like, I feel like it's weird to think that how, like, That's probably how every old person gets to some point, but, like, how, like, almost, like, intense the 90s was. Like, that's the one thing you learn from, like, the PC generation is that the 90s was fucking, like, Mad Max. (laughs) But you you didn't think of it at that time period. And though everybody in the 70s would probably tell you that the fucking 90s was all fucking flowers and sunshine because their generation was Mad Max, but... Well, I'll say this. The whole thing with Hop is I do hate the whole, like... I don't know. I'll say this about Pokemon is just a video game series. I've heard people complain about, like, I heard people complain about, like, um, Let's Go and say, I don't know, the story's just too simple. I feel like the last couple of Pokemon games had something more to say. I'm like, 
looking from what I know of these last few games, maybe there's a little bit more story, but ultimately it always comes down to some fucking anime bullshit of like, you know, I just want to learn and meet all the Pokemon in the world because of friendship and all that kind of fucking bullshit. And I don't give a shit about that. I actually, I'm okay with this series having like a base, a baseline story that's very simple, but doesn't have that whole, like, doesn't rely too much on story. Because I like the idea of every so often you almost kind of want minimal story to kind of put in your own thing. Once in a while, you'll want that. And I think this game series is a good example of that because I think, I mean, I think it has, I think you could tell a good story with Pokemon set in that world, but I don't think the games that I've, the ones I've played have never really done an amazing job. I don't, because they always seem like the same type of characters. Either your rival's a fucking douchebag or he's a douchebag who's trying to be nice. And Hop is an example of that. Whenever you bump into him, I'm like, oh man, we're going to have a great battle. Don't you love just wandering the world being Pokemon masters and bad and bad and bad and And then like, all right, well, at least they add in the douchebag character. But the thing about the douchebag character, I hate Bead. I fucking hate Bead. I hate Because he's like the little entitled, he's a little entitled prick. I'm glad I hate Bead though. I'm glad he's there for me to hate him. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're meant to hate him. Because yeah. he's always, like, flopping his hair. He has that watch that just doesn't even fit his fucking dainty little bitch-ass wrist. <laughs> they can't even throw a fucking ball right. So it's like... And then, you know, he's always like, I'm gonna... I says, I'm gonna crush you. You're not even worth my time. And you just fucking beat this little cunt in three hits. You know, one hit per one of his fucking put characters. So it's like one of those things of, like... I'm glad he's there because I want to fucking hate him. And he only shows up once in a while, at least where I'm at so far in the game. Mm-hmm. Where Hop, he's around every fucking corner. Like, hey, man, want to go get... Uh, no, dude, fuck off. Dude, seriously, get the... We're on a bridge right now. We're on a bridge where you got a bike. What the fuck are you doing without your bike? Just jump off the fucking bridge, please. Yeah, yeah, Hop is just... He's just there way too much. Way too much. And it's like, and then that's like the thing is the game tries to get you to like this guy. It's like, I don't fucking like this guy. In fact, I fucking hate this guy. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, about, that's about my only thing. It's just like, I think it's one of those ones, and I, I, I know why they put that character in there. They always put those characters in there, so it's like, it kind of explains to you how Pokemon works if you didn't know what the fuck was going on. If this was your first Pokemon experience, I mean, I get that. But it's just like one of those ones, like, you know what? In the olden days, you just got fucking dropped off. You know, and you just had to figure shit out and survive, and that was just how it was. Like, I'm kind of like, sometimes this, like, hand-holding thing can kind of go away, and just like, you know what? Get fucking hop out here. You know what? I just want to go on a Pokemon adventure, and I don't want anybody else to be with me. You know what? Fuck it. I don't want friends. I don't want anybody. I just want to fucking be me and my fucking Pokemon doing my thing, you know? Me and my score bunny that I named Dalton. (laughs) Yeah, so you you chose a score bunny. I I chose the the, the monkey thing, and I thought... When I got to the second evolution, I was really, like, having a fucking Pokemon buyer's regret on, like, which Pokemon I chose. I'm like, shit, it's fucking Pokemon Sun and Moon all over again. And then he got to the third like, stage. Like, the second evolution, he doesn't look good? Oh, he looked fucking stupid in the second evolution. Because I was like, that was what happened to me, I think, in Sun and Moon. And I think, I think Sun and Moon or X and Y, I can't remember. But I think it was Sun and Moon. And it was like, I chose the fucking fire cat looking thing. I'm like, that fire cat thing looks cool. And then the fire cat thing turned into, like, this stupid, like, it sounds like I would like this character, but I didn't. Like, a stupid, big, fat, like, wrestling-looking, like, fire cat thing in its third evolution. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't, I don't like this. What the heck happened there? Oh, the thing from, the thing from, uh, from Smash Brothers? Uh, Incineroar? Yeah, yeah, that is. I like that one. You don't like that one? 
I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I, I, I wasn't as pressed as I thought I was going to be with that Pokemon. I guess that's the thing when you got a new generation, you don't know what they're going to evolve into. And there are some cases where I'm like, before I put too much time into this thing, let me see what it evolves into. And there's that little, like, Corgi, little electric Corgi thing you catch at the beginning. Like, oh, this guy's cute. Then I look at what he evolves into. I'm like, oh, I like you more as a puppy. Well, you'll hang out for a while. I'm like, oh, there's a Pikachu. I'm gonna turn this motherfucker into a Raichu when I come across the Thunderstone. You, 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 you don't like the you don't like that Corgi like evolution. I like I actually thought that Pokemon's awesome. That's actually one of the ones I've been keeping along with me. If it's the one I'm thinking of, is he tur- does he turn in? I don't know. Every so often, it's like, is that the real thing or is that some DeviantArt shit that popped up? Does he turn in like a slim kind of like Greyhound kind of thing? Yeah, he, yeah, he's like a Greyhound looking dog. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't see a good version of it, but I, I didn't, I didn't like. I mean, I didn't hate the evolution, but I was like, oh, that's he turns into. Okay, where, um, uh, I'll say the rabbit thing. It doesn't look totally. I, I don't like. I don't dislike what he turns into his second form, but he turns into like he looks like he's wearing a hood, like he's wearing like a hoodie, and he has like a scarf around his face, kind of thing. So hmm. yeah, it's kind of like an angry teenager, but it's his mid stage, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, the mid stage of the one I had, like the 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 grass monkey, was kind of weird. But when he got to like the the third stage, he turned to a big old gorilla. I'm like, okay, he looks badass. He's a gorilla with a drum, so I was like, I'm fucking sold. And he's got the fucking that's pretty cool long hair and so on. But um, I've been trying to make it kind of like a thing where like, okay, like when I see Pokemon, I'm trying to capture just sort of newer ones and sort of stick with those. You know what I mean? Like. I got I got a Growlithe. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I have that's like an old Pokemon. Like the rest of them, I'm like trying to. I just want to experiment. I'm like you know what, use some new Pokemon, see what they turn into, and if you don't like it, you can always trade them out. Well, I've been doing this thing of where depending on where I'm at, I'm only one gym in, but I've been kind of switching off depending on where I'm at, and I haven't lost a match yet. But um, I've I've did this thing like all right, well I'm going against a, a, a leaf guy, so let me switch a few guys out. I know I'm going to be useless against them, so I like all right, I got a Vulpix, train that thing up. I got like a uh, Bug type that I'm going to train that thing up, and then when I got in there, my guys are already so leveled up. I just killed them with one guy the whole time. So, but it was kind of one of those things like I'll go according to whatever gym I'm going to. But like I said, I knocked the first guy out with ease. So, you know, but it's one of those things I guess you could always trade out. Most of my team is newer guys, but I got, like, the the frog thing from uh, the, 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 the water. I don't remember what he's called, but he's, like, he's, like, a frog thing from black. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, he's, like, both ground and water type. And then you have uh, Pikachu. Those are my only old guys. Everybody else is new. Everybody else is new. Yeah, yeah. As far as I can tell, unless it's from a generation, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of. It's almost kind of. I'll say like beyond like red, blue, and gold and silver, the rest of them all kind of run together in my opinion. Like, I don't mean that in a bad mm-hmm. way, but like I kind of have a hard time like pinpointing exactly which one that kind of originally came from. It's but, really weird when you're excited to see a Caterpie. Like, oh, what the fuck is that doing there? <laughs> Catching it? Am I yeah. going to use it? Nope. I will say like like I love how like some of the the holdover features of Pokemon Let's Go because like. I love how, like, when you catch Pokemon, you still get the experience. Because I want to say that might have been in Sun and Moon. I can't remember exactly that. But it wasn't, like, too much farther back that that feature was never around. You know, so I'm glad that's kind of still there. I mean, like, granted, I know that, like... Would you say, would you rather have the Pokemon Let's Go catching style in this? Or do you like having the original style of catching Pokemon in this? You know what? I'm okay with it either way in this situation. I mean, I don't know. I'll say this. I feel like I have more control in this style at the exact same time 
when it's not a difficult character, I think the Let's Go style is way more easier. It would just be, boom, catch your mind. Or maybe one more. But then you have those characters that go left or right, and you gotta throw, like, a legendary characters who are a motherfucker. Like, just ball after ball after ball, trying to capture a fucking Zapdos or whatever. Maybe I didn't know the trick, but it took me forever to catch those fucking things. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I kind of agree on that. But I have gotten to the point now, because at first I was like, I was just catching Pokemon, like, left and right, because it's almost like... The way they sort of designed this game is that, like, you almost, like, the trainers are not really, like, how you get as much of your experience as much as, like, just kind of going out and catching Pokemon. So I was just catching, like, anything new that I saw. But the thing is, is, like, I have gotten to that point where it's like, damn it, now my Pokemon are, like, a little bit too high-leveled to catch some of those, like, ones I missed out on. And then it's like, you. the nice thing is they made it so that you can switch your Pokemon out on the fly, like, literally, like, your box is with you the whole yeah. time, which is cool. But it's still, like, that extra little bit of, like, couple steps. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to do this and that to kind of get there and so on. But, um, because that was, like, the one that made Let's Go so nice is when you went back to go, like, oh, I, I missed out on this sand shrew. You just go back, and then you could just fucking toss that Pokeball and catch it. I kind of almost wish there was a way to sort of do that without having to, like, try to, like, you know, weaken it down. But now you got a Pokemon that's, like, way too strong for that and so on. But I guess that's a thing, too. I- I'll say this, because there, there's a new system of way you catch it. Because there's that whole open field it seems like they're taking sort of a page out of breath of the wild kind of because you could come across something that's super easy to catch then you come across something that's way out of your league and you're not ready to fight it yet and um out of that there are some times where i just got super fucking frustrated because you bump into something like, oh i know what that is you run up to it oh it's level 45 i'm 15 i gotta get the <laughs> fuck out of here like you cannot escape he kills like two of your guys before you have a chance to leave um i ended up I remember one time I got super... I don't remember what it was, but there was something I cornered, and it was, like, level 27 or 28. My guy was probably, like, a 15 or 16. And he took out two of my guys in the process, but I managed to weak the thing down, get him in the red, and have him paralyzed, and it still did that bullshit, like, you can't capture him yet. Like, fuck you, you know? So Yeah, because you didn't have the right badge. I know that's that's the only thing. It's been kind of annoying. I'm glad that they finally put some, like, really fucking tough Pokemon in there. Like, that's actually really awesome, is the fact that it's like, oh, shit, you can actually run in and battle some really, like, hardcore Pokemon that, like, are going to be a challenge, you know? I kind of wish that, like, mm-hmm. a little bit more of the trainers, like, that's always been my Pokemon kind of play. It's like, you really could just, like, up the percentage of, like, the trainer's, like, you know, levels, and I think that would fix, like, the whole problem. Because that's, that's always the thing about Pokemon, is I think it just needs to be just a tad bit more, just, everybody just needs to be a little bit higher level. That, that's all I'm asking for. If you just made everybody just, like, a handful, like you know just made him go up by like 10 percent. i think that would just make such a big difference now granted i'm only the first gym in but um i'm trying to have i'm having trouble wrapping did you you beat the game yet or are you almost done with the game no no i'm not that i'm only like gym four this game is actually a little bit it's actually i think it's gonna be a little bit longer than a normal pokemon game because a normal pokemon game is always about give or take 20 hours you know Mm -hmm. maybe you know this one, I have a feeling, might be like one of those, like, maybe 25, 30. I mean, granted, you could always put more hours into it if you really went and caught everything. But I'm just saying, like, you know, story, just, you know, a normal playthrough. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I feel like um, this game, it's kind of like, um, I remember hearing people complain about, like, oh, I feel like this game's a little, it starts off, you're in this big open field, and that's cool. But then after that, you're in these same kind of narrow pathways, and you're, just going through here and all that's not as exciting i'm like that's kind of what all these games have fucking been 
I'm not not trying to be a dick here, but it's always been you go down this one path, and every you know that's that's always what it's been. They just happen to give you this one little area where you're free to roam around. So I think some people are getting the sense of like, why can't the whole game be that? But which I understand, kinda. But at the same time, I don't think that's the usual format for this game. So I kind of get why it's like here's more of just a fun little area to ch- or a fun big area to check out. You know. Well, I, I'm glad that it's not the whole game's not that because I I'm I'm kind of one of those people. I'm like I'm sort of like the exact opposite. Like I I really just don't I don't think open world is generally the greatest thing for a video game. I think that like a lot of times like linear has always made a much more solid game like even like the best open world games out there it's like i use like red dead redemption 2 for example like that's a fucking great like open world game the thing is though it needs almost a little bit more linearness into it to fix it so it's not like you're just dragging yourself along on the fucking horse everywhere you go you know what i mean Mm-hmm. There's something to be said, and I, but there's some people out there that just want, like, oh, it's got to be open world. I want to just, like, waste my entire life, like, in here and, like, not know where I'm going and, like, fucking just run for days and do a walking simulator. And, you know, there's people out there that just love that, but, like, I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, I got a fucking life. Yeah, exactly. Like, shit, I got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, I want to fucking enjoy my game. I want to get the streamlined experience. I don't want it, like, I mean, a little bit of dicking around is kind of fun. And that's why I feel like that, that area is a perfect place to go like i'm gonna go dick around and catch some pokemon level up a bit and so on but it does it's not so big that like i'm gonna get lost in here and spend like way too much time you know or i'm just gonna be running for fucking days that's always the biggest problem that like pretty much every open world game is how much time you spend fucking running or riding or driving it's like you know what i mean like i just feel like sometimes like when if you made an open world game you might as well just make it a very condensed game and just do the thing like, well, here's one sing- – like almost like – let's just say like you took like Red Dead. You took one singular town. Like you took like uh, fucking Saint – whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I don't remember. Fucking small town. The, 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 like the Louisiana town that's kind of big in there. But instead – Oh, like the, the – the, okay, yeah. Instead though, every single fucking building you can go into – Every single thing, like, has something you can interact with and so on. But it's just this one town that's not, like, a ginormous map. Instead, it's a smaller map, but everything's super interactive. That's how I feel, like, I would like to see, like, more kind of um, open-world games like that, where it's like, okay, it's a smaller map, but everything's super interactive. Instead of just being like, here's this huge area, but, like, you can't go into any of the buildings. And there's nobody you can really talk to and so on. It's just an area for you just to, it's just more for you to take, you know, an extra five minutes to go from point A to point B. Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Nothing, you know. But um. I, and I, but um, this game right here, what I've played so far, like I said, which has not been a lot compared to you, but I still like, I like where it's going. I want to keep playing it. I find myself more. I think I, if I just moved along with the story, I think I'd find myself further along. But I often do stop and just level my guys up. And there's a period where I'm just running around, just looking because I don't really know what's in this new generation and I don't know what old characters I'm going to bump into so I often find myself just kind of running around the same area doing a little bit of grinding I guess but just looking for a character I haven't caught yet or some of that you know so that's kind of cool it's in some ways and I you know sometimes I feel like this could be taken in a negative way it kind of makes you feel kind of like a kid again without it seem too panderish exactly like you know what I mean and, and that's the thing about like Pokemon games it's like 
every single one of them, they've, they've always been so good. And they just kind of like slightly expand on like the next one and so on. Like, it's almost that kind of weird thing where I'll say this, like, you know, the best Pokemon games out there is red and blue. And then whatever the newest one sort of is like, I don't know. It's just like not saying that all the ones in between aren't great, but it's just like you watch just like all these little improvements along the way. And to me, it's just like I just I love all that kind of stuff like that. Just all that extra little bit of feelings and just like getting closer and closer like, this is a perfect example. Like, if you haven't played a Pokemon game in a long time, like, if you got Sword and Shield, it would be, like, one of the most magical experiences you could possibly have. Especially if you skipped out on so many other, like, DS and 3DS ones and so on. I, I think something, um, I don't want to seem too nostalgic here, but I think something that makes Red and Blue stand out. I mean, granted, you had the anime, which filled in a lot of the gaps and kind of added to the lore, technically. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Since that game was so minimal, and people are going to say, shut the fuck up, Grandpa, but at the same time, since the game was so minimal, I think it kind of gave whatever you projected onto it a little bit more of its this particular signature. You know what I mean? Like, there's a period where you looked at early artwork for Pokemon, and it kind of had this weird kind of rough kind of sketchiness to it. Like the watercolor designs? The watercolor design, the characters looked a little different, they didn't look as well like fine-tuned and clean and not not pristine but i guess they didn't look as like you know um group focused as it did by the time it got to the cartoon i guess and then so you just see a lot of that and i guess there's a little bit more of like i guess it had this to me this might seem like i'm kind of like people like what the fuck are you talking about i guess it seems i can kind of go anywhere or it's more open for more interpretation and there, there there's more questions about the world where by this point it's kind of had a lot more history there, so now it's like, oh, they're not just these animals you run into the woods. They're these happy, playful animals, like, to just bounce around. Everyone loves it. Like, all right, okay, so there's not as much of that now. But I think that's part of the reason why Red and Blue stood out, because I still kind of get that vibe. I don't really think of the anime as much when I play as Red and Blue. I play, I think of, like, you know, filling in the gaps of what's not there and the, putting in your own narrative to an extent and I think that that's why something like Pokemon works better with minimal story, just because, to be fair, a lot of the story they often put into it, it's always some mad, some bullshit about, like, we're Team Yell, and we're just we we're just a bad metal band, or whatever the fuck. Or we're Team Plasma. We, uh, we like, we, we, we don't think, we think it's wrong to make Pokemon battle. Get the fuck over here, you fucking, like, you know, fucking grass type. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wasn't that the thing? Like we don't, we think Pokemon sh- should be not battle. But we're gonna fucking use fucking battle, battle like, anyways. Yeah, so I'm like, what the fuck are we? I- I'm I'm confused. I'm not sure you get it, but okay. Well, I think that's the thing that that's like that's totally like old school like video game storytelling was that like almost like you were the character and you kind of filled in the blanks. Where I think nowadays everybody's so used to being like, no, hold my hand, give me the fucking twenty minute tutorial, you know, tell me the entire story. And I think that like there's just a there's a there's pretty much a non nineties generation that's just not used to fucking what life used to be like. You know what I mean? That's why Link doesn't fucking talk. You know what I mean? Because Link's supposed mm-hmm. to be you. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that kind of... Well, I guess there's a... Those days are kind of like... They're few and far between. Nintendo keeps it alive, but a lot of other people, like, don't. And that's why, like, you always hear people bitch about stuff. Or, like, like, you know, you get, like, an RPG and be like, the main character doesn't fucking talk. I'm like, well, yeah, because the main character's fucking you. You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, that was what made Grand Theft Auto 3 mm-hmm. almost kind of nice, is that your character never sort of talked, but it felt like, yeah, you know why? Because we, we don't want to give him a personality so that like, anybody can kind of feel like they are him. That's why he's fucking Italian. He's not really black. He's not really white. He's somewhere in between. You know what I mean? 
he, he he's the yeah, everyman. Well, it's also, <laughs> well, it's also kind of like going back to like um, first gen Pokemon for a second. It's kind of like when you'd play a lot of like. There's that period where there's still you could you you know like I said now by this point everyone knows what it is but there's that period where um, when they're first coming up with the world and coming up with designs and thoughts of it there is a little bit of the sense of like people are kind of afraid of them and don't really know them entirely like they like them but they're not totally they're still like like don't go in the grass they're fucking out there you'll get you'll get mauled to death by a bunch of fucking rats and pigeons you know. And then you now you get to this point. Well, that that like, was oh, back. That was what I say. It wants to have a playful. Hmm? It's it's the pocket monster era. Back like you know what I mean? Because pocket when you hear the word pocket monsters, like the original Pokemon name, like that right there mm-hmm. tells you what they are. They're fucking monsters that you can put in your pocket. Yeah, and then like now it's kind of like it's a little thing that wants to run up to you and like wants to have a playful battle. You know, so it's because you know you get those ones that run up to you like they just like. They have a question mark. Just run up to you, like, let's have a playful battle. Come on, be fun. I'll, we'll we'll fight until I fucking die or faint or whatever you want to call it, you know. And um, but all that being said, it's like, well, like, what was it? There was a god. There's example. The pocket monster thing you brought up made a good point. Um, it escaped me. Maybe it'll come back to me later. But yeah, yeah. It's just that thing where it's just like Pokemon sort of turned into like almost like going out and collecting fucking stuffed animals that fucking happen to have special abilities. Where I think in the olden mm-hmm. days it was like, oh no, dude, you're a ten year old fucking boy who's just like, you know, snorted his first line of coke and he's like going out to explore. <laughs> now he's look. Now he just got he got this fish. And he's gonna walk into this cave. By the time he walks out of this cave, this fish is gonna be a fucking dragon. What? Don't question it. Just fucking roll. Yeah, you you, you had to fucking spend some time. You had to throw that Pokemon out every single time and then bring him back in and switch it to your other Pokemon and do this for fucking like ten fucking levels. Plus, maybe. Can't remember. But by the time... It's almost it, like, it, like it, nowadays, it, I feel like... Nowadays, they, they, they practically just give you a Gyarados. You had to earn one back in our day. You know what I mean? Because, shit, you don't even have to even fucking pull out that Magikarp. You could just have fucking Magikarp fucking sit in slot number six, and he'll just collect experience points until he fucking evolves. You know, and they shit, they even give... He even has, He can learn Tackle. What the fuck is that bullshit? I thought that he could learn Tackle in Gen 1, but it takes a while longer. Nope, he can't. Not in the first one, at least. Maybe okay. yellow, but I almost want to say I don't even think yellow. What's well, the thing, I guess? If because I'll be honest, I played the game after I saw the show, so going f- moving from there, it was this whole thing of like, um, how do I put it? It was like, um, I the show kind of educated me. So when I'm first entering into the cave, I'm like, why the fuck do I want to buy that? I, mean, I know what he turns into, but that sounds like too much fucking work. But really, when you think about it, just like by the time you're out of that cave, he's a fucking dragon. He's like the baddest fucking thing in that whole game, and you have him before you even get to your second gym. So if you know what you're doing, like now before I'm like, I never spend that much money on a magic card. I'm like, no, no, I would now. I if I ever replay that game, I always do that. Yeah, it's just like you get you just get him right off the bat, and then you don't have to worry about like fucking catching him later on once you're in Cerulean and so on, but... Yeah, dude, like, so far, like, this new Pokemon, though, it's, like, it's it's so fucking dialed in. I'm, like... I, I couldn't ask for a better experience other than fucking Hop. If, if Hop just falls into a volcano at some point, or fucking, like, Mel Gibson comes out from fucking Braveheart and chops his head off, I'm, like, then I'll be satisfied, but... I do like the Scottish theme, though. I think the Scottish... Because I didn't... Because one of those ones, like, a lot of times, like, when there's a game that I know I, I want... I don't look anything up on it because I'm like I'm gonna fucking buy it. I don't, you don't need to fucking sell it to me. You know what I mean? I feel like when when I read stuff like mm-hmm. in a magazine and so on, like I kind of like to read stuff on games. It's like, well, I don't know what this really is. Let, let me see if this seems interesting or not. 
But it's like, if something I know 100%, like, so I knew nothing about this Pokemon going into it, so it was kind of fun to go like, oh, shit, it's got a Scott. Because at first I was like, why the fuck have I called Mom Mum? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, then it's I, all like, it's like Scotland, England, and Ireland. It's all Celtic. Yeah, I just like, I'm like, well, that's kind of fucking cool. They're all like an island, and it's like, oh, we have dragons and stuff, and there's a sword and shield, and at one point in time, 3,000 years ago, something happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then fucking Hop shows up, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. This motherfucker. And he's like, yeah, I'm, he's like, my my big brother's Pokemon champion of fucking Scotland. Just shut the fuck up, Hop. Shut the fuck up. Don't you fucking dare come around here. Don't you he's not, he, he just, here. the thing is, he's not really trying to be a dick. He's just fucking irritating and he's like when like by time like it's like you're the third or fourth time you're battling i'm like i see you mastered match types like, i fucking know this shit <coughs> clearly you don't because your guys haven't fucking evolved in the last three fucking times we fight yeah i know i i fucking hate that like condescending like fucking voice he is always kind of doing he's like patronizing you and shit it's just like one of those ones like it's like it's that thing where like you know what he is he, he's that kind of like person that you know from like school who's like they technically are trying to be nice. Like, they don't realize what they're really fucking doing. But they're just, like, an overprivileged fucking rich kid that just, like, everything's been fucking great to them and so on. And they they just don't get it. They just don't fucking get it. And that's what fucking Hop is. He's just He thinks he's being your best fucking friend ever, but he's just being a fucking ass at the same time. And then yeah. there's a part later where it's like he gets his like ass whooped by somebody. I don't know who fucking who because like I never saw it, but like he did. And it's like the, the brother's like, yo, Hop got fucking like he got fucking raped the other day. Like he's he's taking it hard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, he, he he's never he's never lost a battle before. So uh, when you see him, you know, and then you see him, he's like, OK, man, I'm just fucking like I, I didn't think I could fucking lose. You know, I thought I was fucking all that in a bag of chips, you know, like they lose to beat or whatever. The little like. Little, like, I think he did, I think he did actually lose the beat. He's like, yeah, beat came out of nowhere and fucking like just bent me over and fucked me in front of my Pokemon. Just said I was a <laughs> fucking bitch and take it like a man. And then he ran off and did a stupid gay laugh at the same time. And you know, I'm not, <laughs> nothing gets gay people and stuff. But I just did. I felt like getting raped here in a cave was not what I was expecting. Well, I guess the th- other thing about that character, it's I just mean, like I know. I, 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 <laughs> the, like, you know, that, I know, I, know it, I was wearing a kilt at the moment and it made it easy access, but still. <laughs> well there's there's that there's a thing about like that type of like a feminine anime villain that's always kind of like snooty and privileged in some way like there's always that i mean it could vary it can vary but i mean i know there's that type of anime villain who you're you're meant to in some way fear him and you're definitely probably not meant to like him but he always seems like kind of elite and kind of privileged and has that huh kind of thing going on like I, I was watching I, I i haven't finished it um the director of cowboy bebop has this um series called um i think carol and tuesday or tuesday and carol it's it's basically or wednesday it's like one of the it's, or carol and wednesday it's something like that it's, it's basically a, a, a show set in the future about two lady singers in a time when music is mostly generated by mu- music is mostly generated by computers and all that. So it's like, oh, here's two singer songwriters coming from nothing, trying to build their way up. And the main villain of the show is like, and it's not like this, you know, Power Ranger villain. Like, how would I defeat these two indie artists? But it's like in this world that where everything's ran by social media and conglomerates, how do they fit in? And the, their main competition is this really snooty, kind of emo-ish, like, you know, like, 
anti-social, like, elitist prick with glasses, really slender, black hair, always dressed dark, like, hmm, well, I know everything about computer and what kind of harmony, da 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 you know, just... You just want to take his face and slam it into a fucking computer console until he doesn't fucking move anymore. And same thing goes with this bead prick. Yeah, exactly. He he has that same way, too. It's just like, fucking, like, get this fuckhead out of here. You know what? I'm just here to be a Pokemon master. I don't need this fucking asshole in my way. I guess that's okay, though. It's okay. I'm glad that I hate this guy because he's just, he's not meant to be liked. And it's kind of like... I like Gary more than this prick, but I still fucking, I hate Gary, but I like him more than Bede, and granted, but I hate Hop more than any of them, because he just, (laughs) he shouldn't be there, but he is. Hop is the worst character ever created for a Pokemon fucking, like, whatever neighbor at the end of the day. Like, that that one is, like, by far, like, there's other ones that have been fucking annoying in the past, but this one's, like, he's not only annoying, but he's, like, an asshole at the same time. I think that's, like, the worst. Because I felt like the the Let's Go one was kind of more like, I'm just your stupid fucking neighbor who, like, you know, always fucks up, but at least I'm having a good time. Let's have a battle. And you're like, oh, this fucking kid, this fucking guy chasing me around. But Hop's, like, the other one where he's just, like, the fucking dick at the same time. Well, Hop, he's not, like I said, he's not even trying to be a dick. He's just fucking annoying. But he just, it's like, and the thing about Hop is you can't rename him to Cockmunch or something like that. They already have the name set for him. So it'd be like, Cock, it can't be like Asshat wants the battle. Well, I think plus, I think you could trick it. Like if you put like the at symbol with like two dollar signs, might work your way around it. Yeah, you know? nowadays but, you definitely I think, could. I understand. But it's one of those things where, um, renaming characters i mean i haven't done as much as this one but they don't you don't have as much freedom now it's like oh come on nintendo let me name my pikachu sir psycho sexy come on just let me do it last game it wouldn't let me do it and i had to like find clever ways trying to abbreviate it or try and fit it in there make it one word so i wouldn't get caught on to it yeah I, i hate that kind of stuff where it's like it like block certain like like names and stuff and it's just like letters and so on i was surprised like was asked me like like you want to make a number for like your fucking like pokemon like whatever like league thing and it's like uh sure i was like i was like i'm just gonna see if 666 works i'm like i'm surprised that actually worked i'm surprised nintendo didn't fucking try to block that i wonder if they'd block 69 i i kind of wondered that too afterwards and so on I do have to say that, like these, like the league costumes. I'm like, oh, they have to be stupid, goofy, gay soccer costumes. I just feel like it was once, once, like I know it's like once, once, like I get it, like it's Japan and it's Scotland and England. And they all like soccer and shit. But as an American, you're just like, oh, I look fucking gay. This doesn't speak to me. <laughs> like I just one of those ones, like oh, I, I'm like I'm playing as a girl and I look fucking gay in my soccer uniform. Like, do I have to? Like, can I please get? Can can I get like a hockey jersey or something like that? Is that, is that too much to ask for? <laughs> I feel like Adam Sandler, like, in Happy Gilmore, you know what I mean? Where, like, he just, like, really doesn't, like, like how close can I get to hockey instead of being, like, the golf? And I feel like that same way, too. It's like, oh, it's like, I mean, I, like, I, I think this is the thing. It's like, probably in Japan, they go, well, yeah, but a Pokemon Stadium battle looks like a, like a soccer arena. I think in America, you're like, oh, wait, we always thought it looked like a basketball court. Or a football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But I, I do like they make the gyms look bigger. Because even going back to, you know, um, I still love, like, red and blue. But 
going back to that, it did look kind of like, all right, we're, we're here in the local, um, you know, the local YMCA having a quick, you know, like dog fight <laughs> with our magical creatures. Where this one actually does feel like, oh, it is a big fucking deal. Look at all these people here. It's like a big giant league. So that's that's kind of cool that they've, I mean, they're doing a little bit more of that. Like they had like bleachers and all that in like the Let's Go remake, but was still kind of small compared to um, what this is right here. And when you actually kind of walk into the stadium for the first time, they try and give you that sense of like the, as you're walking out into the field. Yeah, exactly. That, that That's kind of the thing is like, it does give you like that very grand Pokemon feel that like, I feel like we've just been like waiting for for so many years. And it's just such a weird one. Cause it's like, there's no reason like why like a Pokemon game like this couldn't have come out like on all, every single one of the previous systems. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that thing that like, it's almost like it took the, the Nintendo Game Boy and the DS to fucking die off for this to finally happen. That was, that's literally, I think like the only reason why we have this. Is if the DS all done now? I, pretty much. I don't think anything else is ever going to come out for the 3DS that's going to be, like... Because, like, even, like, God, the last big game to come out for 3DS was still, like, a year ago or so. You know, there's, hmm. there's all, everyone's willing to be, like, something like, oh, well, here's, like, a, a, a remake. A collection of some sort. Yeah, or something like that. But, I mean, like, I think that the 3DS, I think, is pretty much done. The second that that, like, Nintendo Lite system came out, done. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, as I said, like... I bought 3DS games, but I, like, I haven't bought a 3DS game that was, like, brand new. Like, I think the last one I got was, like, the Metroid 2 remake. That was the last big one I remember coming out. And Pokemon, yeah. like, you know, uh, Sun and Moon. Those are the last, like, really big games I remember. So, it's like, I think by this point, it's finally done. I think that was all that they're really waiting for. It's just, like, once, once the fucking Game Boy is gone, you know, boom we could finally do Pokemon, like, on the consoles. Because, as I said, like, yes, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I always say, you look at Final Fantasy VII and eight, and it's like, if you would have just done that, like, on the N64, but, like, Pokemon, would have worked. Same with GameCube, but it never happened. You had Pokemon Coliseum close, but not really there. Then you had Pokemon Wii, which would have been, like, an amazing system for it. I don't know, like, that's, like, almost, like, designed for it, and then nothing. Wii U? Yeah, I'm surprised it never came out with a game, like, even early version of let's go with the wii remote throwing the ball or whatever yeah that's what i mean it's like it was so designed for that so i mean yeah. I, I remember grabbing a wii remote for the first time like at some point you're gonna have to probably chuck a fake pokeball with this thing i'm like never happened never happened never weirdly happened so just finally having it here like on the switch you know it's pretty darn cool so i don't know i don't know who those people out there that are bitching about the game because i just I, I, I don't look at it but i just kind of like you hear that like twitter like Oh, some people don't like Pokemon. It's like, fuck those people. I hope they fucking die with fucking hot. <laughs> fucking well, I feel like I don't know what it is. I haven't really kept up with every single game since then, so I don't know what they took out or what they added that's different. I mean, I, I can tell what they added, but I mean, what they really took out, I don't really notice or know about. There's there's, there's nothing they've taken out. Like if that's the case, like I think that they just for some reason be like they're still just going down these narrow paths. Like that's what this game always fucking was. That's something I heard a lot. I heard that like the like they liked the open field, but then once you got down the narrow paths of doing this, doing that, then like from there it just started to run together and wasn't as interesting and the story wasn't that interesting. It's like has the story ever really been that great? Um, maybe the games, maybe some stories are better than the others, but at the end of the day, wasn't always your kid. You got your magic friend, you're going to the league, making your magic friend fight, and along the way, 
there's Team Rocket or some variation of Team Rocket, and they want this one magical other Pokemon, and then you got to fucking, you know, you end up fighting it and winning it at some point. Isn't that kind of what every one of these games is by this point? Pretty much. I mean, like, okay, like X and Y and then uh, Sun and Moon, like, those ones definitely did have a little bit more kind of like, they had like cutscenes and so on in there. But it's really the exact same thing as this game. Like, I don't see anything different between those two. Yeah, so I don't fucking know. It's probably just people... some. F- feel like it's somebody looking to get probably you know get quote. It's probably looking you know. It's like that typical shit. The only way to, I mean you know, there's some stuff that not saying that every that you have to like everything, but there's some people that. Well, majority of people are gonna like this. If I say the one negative thing, it's gonna make me stand out or whatever in some way. So you get those people out there, and that's probably what some of this is. Exactly, just fucking. The fucking haters on Nintendo, get the fuck out of our fucking ship. Go down. But whatever. Whatever. Nintendo's been blessing us with all kinds of good stuff. Shit, Luigi's Mansion 3, fucking sick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Can't... I mean, I haven't touched that one yet. I got other stuff I gotta play first, but I gotta finish this one. I know myself. I buy too many things at once, and then we're gonna get played. Uh, I, I have that problem, too. That that. Sometimes I just accept that at this point, especially when it comes to, like, fucking movies. Because movies is my worst one for, for that offender. It's just, like, there's just a point where it's like, you know, there's just some movies you just know you're never going to watch. Just let's, just let's just get this over with and just... It, it's, it's just there to decorate a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that was what you spent $3 on. But, um... But, yeah. I don't know. Pokemon's fucking sick. Luigi's Mansion's sick. Fucking the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer looks sweet. You know what I mean? Can't complain. I know. I know you saw the Mandalorian. I didn't see that one. I went. It was, it's that weird thing where, like, I have this like kind of mixed kind of feelings of like, do I like one? Do I want to get another service? Because it's kind of like this point now. It's like God. There's so many fucking services out there. Everybody's got a fucking service nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like any of them cost that much, but just they stack on top of each other. Is kind of what it is. Like once you got Hulu, once you got Spotify, once you got fucking Amazon and fucking Netflix and DC and all that stuff. It's just like they they stack. And it's like by themselves, not a big deal. But like once you kind of just have a bunch of them, it's like, oh, more things I got to manage, more things they're going to take money from me every month that I'm going to kind of question and wonder, you know. And then it also at the same time, it's like it's fucking Disney. Like there, there is always that like sort of like fuck you, Disney. Fuck you, think you are fucking. I know I bought those Mickey Mouse waffles, but you know what? It had fucking ninety year old <laughs> Mickey Mouse on it, so I'm, I'm fond of ninety year old Mickey Mouse, not fucking. Before he got corrupted by money. Yeah, exactly. You know, or shit, like, I went and saw Frozen 2, but it's like, that's that weird one where it's like, well, I'm using my Regal card, so technically I see so many movies in the month that, like, only, like, a couple dollars of that's going towards Disney, or however that card works. Well, um, I'll say this about Disney+. Plus. Um, Well, first off, it also depends on your situation. Not you particularly, but but anybody. Um, We kind of, my girlfriend and I have this thing, like, okay, I buy the Netflix account, you buy the Hulu I buy the Disney Plus. You buy the Amazon. So we have that kind of like trade off thing. So we kind of, but I, I just uh, buy them all. I buy, I, I pay for every single one of them, and I share them to like anybody in the household. Aren't we going out tonight? No, Susan. We have <laughs> Disney Plus. We have them all. No need to go. We have it all, Susan. We have Amazon, Hulu, DCU, even. <laughs> yeah. Well, until until AT and T cancels that, I would have DCU, if, and and but they're going to cancel it in a year or whatever. So well, it's but, uh, it's a service. It's not like you own it. <laughs> well, I know, but I don't want to. You know, it's, I'd it's just not like you bought steak in it. It's... You're like like I bought a section of that DCU land. <laughs> I expect to have that. It's like a timeshare. 
<laughs> I know that. I'm just kind of waiting for it to be like whatever it ends up going on to next, go from there. Because I'm afraid I'm going to get attached to it, and then it's all going to like get split among split among other things and divvied up between different companies, or maybe just AT and T's and have their own big one. Who knows what's going to happen with that? But going over to Disney Plus, um, I'll say, and I don't want to sound like a, a corporate Disney shill. Especially it's the first half of the show, we we're all talking about man, fucking corporations and their shitty contracts. But um, I'm gonna say it's mostly worth it. I'm gonna say now I'm gonna say seven bucks is worth it because the thing well, yeah, is, it's next to nothing. It doesn't cost anything. Well, Disney. The thing about it, you're all you're not you're you're getting all the obvious stuff you think of when you think of Disney. Like you're getting all the Pixar stuff. You're getting all the major classic Disney movies. And there's enough there. I mean, we could talk all the shit we want on Disney's politics and their business, they but a, they got they enough make a good, good movies movie at to the be, end of the day. <laughs> they got enough good movies to go like, okay, seven bucks is worth like twenty of these good movies. And then on top of that, you have like nearly every. I mean, this is just reaching out to our generation, but. They have every, like, Disney 90s cartoon. They got all of Gargoyles. They got all of DuckTales, the new one and the old one, Goof Troop, all that stuff. Now, I'm probably not going to watch all those because not all those have probably aged that great. Definitely Gargoyles. I'm definitely rewatching Gargoyles. But... That, that, that one does because I have them on DVD. And then they also you also have, um, you have the original 90s X-Men, 90s Spider-Man. So oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't, that's something I would not even have thought of being on there. Yeah, that's all on there. Then you plus got a bunch of. I mean, not all the Marvel movies are on there just yet, because and not all the Pixar movies because they gotta. I think they're waiting for other contracts to end up before that all goes on there. But there's you know a good amount of them. So um, and then you got you know original stuff that's coming out later down the line in Mandalorian being the big seller. And I'll say this: there are, uh, only three episodes in a Mandalorian. I really like it. I think they're going down the right direction with it. First, it's basically it's literally. I'm going to go into, at this point, spoilers here. Um, we're, we're literally kind of, it's literally kind of man with no name slash um, wolf and cub. That's oh. kind of what, because what he is, is at some point, the first the first episode, we were introduced to him. And it's basically, it's after the Empire has fallen. It's after Return of the Jedi. Empire's trying to build itself back up. And they hire him to go get this package. And he, for a moment, teams up with, like, not IG-88, but this IG robot, IG-11, to go in this... It's it's, it's very kind of, like, drawn out. First episode doesn't have a lot of dialogue. There's dialogue, but not a whole lot. And Nick Nolte voices this alien thing. It's very... I mean, I could say, he does this, he does that, he does this, but it would be boring me just listing it off. But it's kind of all the stuff you would think from you, you'd think you'd see in a Star Wars Western, but it's done really well. And the action's fucking awesome. And when he gets when he goes into this bandit hive or whatever it is where he has to get this this um target, he gets there and it's like a little baby Yoda. Now, who knows if it's Yoda reincarnated or if it's a clone of Yoda or it's just another one of his species, but it's a little baby Yoda and he has to bring this thing back to uh like the IG88 thing wants to kill it, but then he kills the robot before he has a chance to do anything and takes the kid with him. So then it's like, okay, he's just transport. He's going to drop, drop it off. Second episode, his ship gets basically, while he was off doing all this shit, his ship got ripped apart by Jawas. He sees a bunch of Jawas like, motherfucker! And just starts like sniping all these little fuckers. <laughs> and just like, so you're going to see him like annihilate some Jawas. Set a few on fire, blow a few of them up. 
And then at some point, though, you know, they get away. He gets zapped. He falls down. He makes a deal with them to, you know, he's going to go get an egg for these fucking things. And he's going to trade them for the parts he needs back. And then episode three, he goes and delivers little. And in that process, he sees little baby Yoda has the force abilities because he has to kill this rhino thing. And it stops the rhino with the force. But then see episode three, he goes and drops it back off to the Empire. And I forgot to mention, you probably already saw this in the trailer, but I never seen the, the trailer, uh, actually, to tell you the truth. The the guy he's talking to is this um the guy the, imp, the Imper, Imperial General or whatever. It's the guy uh I forgot what's his fucking name. Um I forgot his name, but he's the guy who made the Grizzly Man documentary. As you can see here, he's slipping into madness, you know? Like, he talks kind of like Christoph Waltz. I'm like, oh, if you no, no better person to get a space Nazi other than Christoph Waltz. But, you know, he has that very articulate German accent. Like, this guy was born to play a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but he mostly does a lot of documentaries, but every so often he acts. Um, so, he goes and he drops little baby Yoda off. He gets paid and they, they kind of introduce more of the Mandalorians. Like he's a bounty hunter, but he's still part of this Mandalorian hive and they all, they don't, they're all kind of in hiding a little bit and they have this whole thing. You have to prove yourself and there's a certain type of rare metal and you notice his helmet's all shiny, but the rest of his gear, it's sh- tattered, beaten up, fucking worn out. But then he goes and gets a, he gets paid with a piece of this metal. They melt it down, slap it on his armor. It's like, oh, here's a new shiny one. So the idea is like, the more of this metal you have, the more elite and more um, more higher up you move up the Mandalorian totem pole. And after he does does this job and transfers little baby Yoda on over to the Empire, or uh, what's left of the Empire, he gets a fuck ton of this. He says, okay, all this is going into my suit. I'm on to the next mission. Then he has all these flashbacks to where, like, his family was killed and, like, bye-bye some um, separatist droids from the prequel era. And so they're actually acknowledging prequel stuff, so that's cool. Oh, that's cool. You, you see, you see one of those droids, the, the the bulkier ones, not the skinny ones, but the bulky ones that has the little wrist gun thing. You see one of those things like mow down his parents um, in a flashback. Roger, Roger. It's, not no, the Roger, Roger. I thought weren't the Roger, Roger the little beige ones, like you know those ones. <laughs> I just picture that one showing. I'd be like that 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 was the one that got my parents. Yeah. Oh, man. I guarantee you there's probably some, like, you know, expanded universe shit about here's the one droid that rebelled. It's AI got smart and realized it had a heart and became a badass. I'm I'm sure there's something out there with that. But anyway, um, this thing, um, he he ends up, he ends up at the last minute, gets a heart and goes and saves little Yoda. And he's busting out. He just murders all these fucking stormtroopers. Like, one he sets on fire. He has, like, this knife that's kind of like the Evangelion knife where it kind of vibrates or something like that. It has this weird little glowy, vibrating thing around it. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, knifing fuckers with it. He's, like, just blasting, you know, using a rifle, using two guns at once, all that kind of shit. And then episode three, it's just kind of like everything you could want when you say the word Star Wars Western. And uh, I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing ever, but it's definitely really fucking good. And hopefully it keeps on going down this path. Because first episode was, I was hooked. Second episode, like, all right, that's still good. What else you got? Third episode, like, all right, all right, all right, yeah, you sold me, you sold me. Because by the end, since he went against the Empire, all the other bounty hunters, well, first off, all the bounty hunters hate him because he's the best. And, like, this guy just walked away with how much money? Fuck that guy. Like, wait. He's the new bounty? So now he has all these bounty hunters coming after him, and he's walking away with little Yoda with him. Hmm. 
That sounds pretty darn interesting overall. Like, and it's one of those ones. Not that then it's just like it's always like I don't know what it is. It's something about TV shows. It's just like I feel like there's like that commitment factor to them. There's always like if that was a movie, I would have saw that day fucking one. It's so weird. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. But it's like if it's a movie, I would have saw it so fast. And it's like the one, one thing about a movie is like I have to get in a car. I have to drive to town. I have to go to the movie theater. I have to sit down and wait through trailers and so on like that. But for some reason, like something that like all I have to do is pull out my credit card and fucking subscribe to. It's like oh, I don't know. It sounds like fucking work. Want to know um, how this is gonna be your favorite part? Want to know how long each episode is? They only a half an hour. Yeah, roughly. That, oh, uh, you, you might have sold me right then and there because I fucking hate forty-five minute plus episodes. Well, the thing is, you're not what you're not seeing what what the Mandalorian's wife and kid are doing in school. Yeah, it's like, like, not like the retarded kid who comes in on crutches, being like, crutches. "Dad, you fucked up. I fucking hate you, Dad. Why can't you be a better Mandalorian?" Oh, Boba. Yeah, it doesn't have that. And they don't have like the fucking wife's like cheating on like the fucking like Mandalorian with like the fucking neighbor next door and whatnot. And then she has to go bitch to like her fucking sister. And that's the thing is like that's what kills like fucking TV shows for me. It's all like the, and I know that people that love TV shows they love that stupid shit. You know what I mean? It's like it's kind of the same thing with people that love like fucking novels. Like they love the fucking like intense details. They love it like I love it when like they spend three paragraphs describing somebody's beard, and it's like that's fucking stupid. Just tell me he has a fucking beard and it's long. I don't need to know anymore. You it's, know, no, and I, I, I know that's like that. That's literally like I'm a movie person coming into like somebody else's world and trying to tell them how to fucking run their shit, but. Still, like, I think that's always been the main thing that's kind of, like, killed TV shows for me is just, like, they're so unstreamlined compared to, like, a movie. No, this one, it moves at, like, roughly, I want to say the new episode was maybe, like, a little over 30 minutes, but at the same time, it, like, it only really focuses on the Mandalorian. Maybe it might cut over to what this other guy's doing once in a while, but it's it's his show, and he's the man with no name, essentially, and... It's kind of like you hear all these stories about what, what a badass Boba Fett was in the Expanded Universe. And I like that stuff. When I was a kid, I found myself defending Boba Fett. Well, in the Expanded Universe, he did this and he did that. But you think back on it, I'm just like, if he could do all that, why didn't he fucking do it in the movies? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like, well, this one time he and Darth Vader actually fought and actually ended in a draw. You know, like Darth Vader had his, not, his lightsaber at Boba Fett's neck and Boba Fett had his gun at his head. And they had this like warriors under agreement. And just like, then why did he get knocked in the back with a fucking like harpoon and fell into a fucking pit? You know, so you was just having a bad I'm, day, man. Like, you, shoot, you never had a bad day before. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things where this character, because you know, then it, so you know, I, I I don't hate Boba Fett, but it's one of those things where after a while, it's like he looks way cooler than he is. Where this guy, it's like, all right, he looks cool, and he's he looks cool, and he's he's that badass we all thought Boba Fett was outside the outside the uh, movies. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what it sort of sounds like there. Well, that, so far, he has not taken that helmet off. So far, it has not come off. You know, see, well, see, this is starting to sound like Ash versus the Evil Dead, where it's just a solid like show, you know, from beginning to end. Doesn't make you even feel like you're watching a TV show. It makes you feel like you're actually watching a legitimate movie. Well, you can tell they pull from like a lot of different like whoever made this. You can tell they know they're Star Wars because I think John Favreau is one of the main directors of it or one of the guys running it, but. Um, his gun, he has like this rifle. And if there's the Star Wars um, holiday special where they technically first introduced Boa Fett, and he had like this weird, like, harpoon, like this weird, like, pitchfork looking rifle thing that he would tase like this animal with. 
That's this is the gun he has, and even his armor when he first starts off looks kind of more reminiscent to the way Boba Fett did in the original Star Wars special because that's when he first appeared in the was the holiday special, mm-hmm. not the movie, and um, so they can sell an action figure. And when the movie came out, hey, here's this guy in live action. So, um, but all that being said, it still like doesn't feel like it's trying to pander too hard. Like it does a it has a way of because like you know. As much as, I mean, I liked, there's not a Star Wars, the only one I don't like is Attack of the Clones, or Clone Wars also, but um, every other Star Wars movie I at least like. Um, God, like, gonna, like hmm? Attack of the Clones I actually probably like more than all the newer ones. Nah, that's like the only one that I'm just kind of like, eh, about, but, um, I mean, there are things I like about it, but I'm just kind of like, meh, mostly about it, but... Um, I think a lot of the newer ones there are those moments where they're really trying to jam in your face, like remember this, remember that, remember this, remember that. For this, and but this one, there is a little bit of that, but at least it makes sense of why it's there. Like he gets this guy at the beginning, throws him onto his ship, and he's walking the ship. They have this row of dudes in carbonite, but it makes sense. Like oh, this is just the way bounty hunters do it. They throw these dudes in these carbonite like discs things because, or like discs, but these carbonite table things because that's like you know makes sense for him it makes sense of how he does it it's not just this random throwaway thing or you know he's you know it's kind of like there's different or like there's certain aliens you recognize but they're in the background in the way where it's fitting it doesn't feel like they're just jamming this in your face for the sake of like there's that you know mm-hmm. no that, that sounds pretty that actually sounds pretty cool overall and i think something like at some point i'd like to check it out it's kind of like there's there's that jedi fallen order video game too that i kind of hear that's pretty sweet and it's just one of those ones like, yeah, maybe once everything else that Nintendo fucking releases is done with, then, uh, yeah, maybe it'll be in order to check that one out. The only thing making me hesitant about Fallen Order is it's by EA, but everything I hear about it is pretty good, so that's good. I still got some other games i got to finish first, but well, yeah, I wouldn't mind checking I, 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 I got order. a fat stack of stuff that I don't even know. What Like like most things in life, there's probably not enough time to finish them, but... You know, it's like well, it's like at some point I'm like I'll I'll check that out. I don't know. I felt like it was ones like Star Wars games. They like sort of like they they used to be like the like one of the greatest things to kind of get, and then like I think EA sort of burned themselves to fucking like making like barely any of them, and then only doing like the Battlefronts, and then making those ones just limited to kind of pretty much online play and so on. So it's like, well, if this one actually is like a cool, if it actually plays like fucking like um, you know, a sweet Star Wars game, like whatever, even would be like um dark forces or um jedi outcast or something like that or not jedi outcast. what was that fucking one the, the, the like the last big star wars game to really come out before like ea took over everything force unleashed force unleashed yeah like because those ones are fun that force unleashed seemed a little like um at least the first one seemed a little like too short but you know i remember being you, fun you, you just... thought the first one was short the second one's only like two and a half hours long but it's oh, like fuck the, off with that then. It's like the 60 most, bucks for that? Fuck off. Oh, I paid $5 for it, so it was amazing. But um, That's 5 bucks well spent. But, in but case, It's but, the weird thing, too, is like that game, it was a little bit longer than that. It's probably like four and a half hours, maybe, or three and a half. It was really fucking short. Like, I could see where, like, if you spent 50 bucks on it, you'd be like, fuck that. But, like, it, when I, I bought it for, like, five bucks or whatever, and I was like, it played fucking amazing. Like, if you if you like the first Force Unleashed, like, that second one was, like, so fluid and dialed in. It was just short as fuck. That was the only thing. Well, the other thing was also that point where you had the moody, because the thing is, like, you're Darth Vader's secret apprentice. He's a guy with, like, who's almost bald and moody all the time. It was you know? the emo it, age. 
Well, he was he didn't have the emo cut, but he had that like like he had that really really short like almost bald kind of haircut. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, chances are if he was in on earth his name was probably Travis. Yeah, you know, he wore a backwards baseball cap and so on and or or there's like or it's kind of like there's that period like I don't know, there's like that kind of like just angry, moody like there's always that angry, moody, like almost bald, like white dude that almost like he'd always be having a constant scowl, maybe like a faint stubble. Like it was an in, in, like infamous or in, like yeah, in, like those kind of characters was always like, eh, you know, they just they look like they all run together after a while. They just look like generic fighters from UFC. <laughs> yeah, they all look like generic UFC fighters. You know, that, that, that's how I always feel like because I was thinking about the infamous one. I think that's what always turned me off from that game. It's just like just I don't like the way the main character. The look. main character looks so boring. Like he look he looked like somebody I could go fucking find at Walmart right now. Like somebody it, who's like like nothing special going on. And maybe that's what maybe, they're they're appealing to. They're like, yeah, we're appealing to the guy who's got nothing fucking going on at Walmart. The guy behind the counter, look, that looks like me. No, but at the same time. That those kind of characters, like what was I gonna say? Well, no, that 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 kind of game. I mean, I'm sure there's some creative, like some really creative people involved in that game and who are talented. But at the same time, I I don't. I remember that when the first one came out, they advertised like it's like a comic book, it's like a superhero. And I remember like they were almost the ad almost made it like infamous, almost made it like a comic and all that. I'm like, yeah, comic book characters have been around for 80 years. What's this guy's thing? He's an anti-hero and he has electricity. All right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't give a shit. It, he shouldn't. Maybe, if he can have powers, cool. But the whole, the whole thing about trying like it's like a comic book. Well, guess what? I can go read a comic book or actually play a, a Marvel or a DC game. You know? Yeah. Well, th- that infamous game really should have just been because I played it and it was like I, I could see where it was going, but it just nothing was hooking me whatsoever in it. It should have been like an, you, you should have just taken that game engine and hooked it to X Men. Then you would have had a fucking legitimate game. You know what I mean? Is I think as if like mm-hmm. it was like an X Men game, and so I mean, I grip granted the people that love that Infamous game, they really fucking do. But a lot of times I notice that like everybody who seems to be really into the Infamous, they're always the people who like are not really into comic books. So I think it's that kind of like it's almost like a safe like, oh well, it's kind of like comic books. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like is like my gateway in, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's like it, um, it's like Avatar for like fucking sci fi movies. Yeah, or it's like you know. um... I mean, granted, one of my favorite comic book writers helped produce the show, so I kind of see. I mean, so it sort of makes sense, but at the same time, it feels kind of like, oh, fuck that. It's like about heroes. Heroes was made by Jeff Loeb, who wrote some of my favorite Batman books. But at the same time, it's one of those things like it's like they're superheroes, but they're everyday people, but they don't wear costumes. But none of them have actual comic, except the one Jeff Loeb wrote on the side. You have to go on the website to check out. They eventually put out in a graphic novel, but fuck that. Anyway, it's kind of like a superhero thing, but they don't wear costumes and they don't fight all that much. I'm like, that sounds fucking stupid. You know, maybe if you don't give a shit about superhero stuff, that sounds awesome. But by this point, I'm like, fuck off even when like because i'm like all right I'll, I'll check this show out and i watched like two episodes i'm like i don't give a fuck oh the girl's undestructible the cheerleader is undestructible guess who else is superman yeah see those are those kind of things where it's like they're not made for the fans they're they're literally made for like mom and pop who like kind of go oh well you know billy's into that superhero stuff i guess this seems kind of like a sa- i think it's, it just feels it's like they're made very safe like, you could kind of mm-hmm. jump into it and so on. And as I said, that, that's always how the infamous thing is. Like, you know, not putting it down, like, necessarily, but just it felt like 
you know what? If you just attach this to anybody's IP, I think you would have like a fucking amazing game. Because isn't that the same fucking people that created the fucking Spider-Man game for PS4? So they, they, I they think so. They, yeah, they finally figured, they, they figured it out after a while. Yeah, we like we realized something. People don't give a shit about this random bald dude. They do give a shit about <laughs> Spider-Man though. Yeah, you, Done. You, you put a Peter Parker in a suit. They're fucking there. Well, we got yeah. That led to a whole other thing, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Mandalorian's good. Pokemon's good. Uh, Sonic, hopefully, that's good. Yeah, there's fucking just it's just it's just that nice time period. It's kind of a a weird one where like I thought I was gonna be almost like a little bit more overwhelmed with stuff because sometimes you get to like winter time and it's just like there's movies galore and video games galore and like everything else. It's like they're like like give us your money. It's just like there's just pretty much people showing up to you fucking everywhere you go. It's just be like, but. I felt like I think I've almost kind of like I, I don't think there's any other video games coming out this year. I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's like, movie wise. It's just like Star Wars and like a couple others, but like I th- almost feel like movies. It's like cause you know sometimes there's some of those Christmases where it's like eight fucking movies you got to go fucking see in December. Yeah, they seem to be pulling back a little bit. Actually, you know what? You want to hear the most like compared to everything else we've been talking about this whole show. It's probably like the least masculine thing of the last because we're all talking about fucking Star Wars shooting fucking people, you know, all this kind of stuff. P- Pokemon against their will, making them fight for my sake and my entertainment. Yeah, putting them in my I box actually, just because I like to have a fucking collection. <laughs> exactly. I actually on Netflix, and I want to lead on the whole thing. We're gonna wrap this up pretty soon, but um. Actually, watch that movie on Netflix. When you get a minute, watch the movie Klaus. Because that movie is actually... Klaus. Klaus. It's actually really good. It's some of the best... It's like... It's, first off, 2D animation, but they did, like, this weird 3D layer thing over. It's kind of like, here's a realistic take on Santa Claus. Have you you seen anything for this movie? Oh, I I, I did see it pop up on there, and I didn't... I... I might have almost watched it, but then I didn't, because I was like, well, whatever. I didn't, I didn't watch that fucking Kurt Russell one last year, so am I going to watch this one this year? I don't know. Well, this one, it's, it's an animated movie. It's 2D animated, but it does this thing where it has, like... It's 2D animated traditionally, but then it has, like, a 3D layer of texturing and shadowing over it, so it looks really fluid. So it's kind of hard to kind of tell what it is sometimes, but it's very... Great looking animation, and it's going to sound so art schooly. And the story itself is it's well written, it's funny, but the real star of the show is really the animation and um, character design and creative team on that. That's the main reason I really liked it. I mean, the story itself it was interesting seeing kind of like the story that was doing this whole thing of like t- trying to tell a realistic version of how Santa Claus came about. Mm-hmm. And you know it is a, it is by the end of the day like a family movie, but it's a really good family movie. It actually is one. And like, I'm not gonna lie, when I saw like from the creator Despicable Me, I was like, mm, I don't know, but that animation looks good. But apparently, this is like this dude's passion project. He tried to make like five years to get this thing done. He finally got it done and got it out there. So yeah, hmm, yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll have to take Gander, especially if it's two D animation. You just don't get enough of that anymore. You don't get enough of it. It looks really fucking good. It looks really good. You know, because that's just the one thing I always just kind of think. It's like, you know, you go to theaters and it's just like, God, it's like you, you almost pretty much can't even have a 2D movie in cinemas anymore. I mean, Grant, this one's on Netflix, but... Um, I think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was trying to get this thing bought. He spent a long time trying to make it, right? I guess this goes off to what you were saying at the beginning. He was coasting on that Despicable Me credit, and he says, yeah. all right, here's something I really want to make. I'm not making Minions. I made, I made the first thing, now I'm making this. Who wants to get it? No one was buying it because it was 2D animation. And he took it to Netflix, and like, 
I don't know how good it's doing, but I really liked it. I thought is you know, my fucking jaded fucking black heart, like, got a little bit of, like, got, felt a little fuzzy and warm by the end of it. It does that kind of thing where, um, even though it takes place, like, in the 1800s, where they're kind of speaking more contemporary and they might have some more modern music and, like, montage scenes. Uh-huh. But I, for the whole, for the rest of the vibe and how over the top the movie is visually... It doesn't feel too out of place to me. He kind of reminds me, the main guy kind of reminds me of the Emperor from Emperor's New Groove, the way he kind of acts. Okay, yeah, yeah, kind of David Spade-ish. So, yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. I'll, I'll take a look, because I said I kind of passed by that and didn't think much of it. Not like in a bad way, but I just kind of like, oh, okay, there's a movie. And But now now that you say it's pretty sweet, I gotta, I'll got i have to check that one out and so on. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully by the time you watch it, like, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. I thought maybe I was caught off guard by how good it was, so, or, you know. Yeah, you, you know. never know, but... um. But yeah, too too much fun stuff. You know what I mean? Like, who's fucking complaining in America today when you got all this great fucking stuff to do? Fucking Japan sending stuff over. You know what I mean? We're getting fucking all kinds of great movies and so on. Shit, even Disney's fucking killing it. So, you know what? Fuck it. America. But, um... Yeah. Till then, go be check grateful out... To these, be grateful to these corporations that yeah. sprinkle upon America. You know what? You know, you, you, you may hate them, but at the end of the day, they're also the ones that are providing you a little bit of fucking, like comfort and smiles here and there keeping us from dis- from di- keeping us distracted from the thought that one day we're all gonna die so yeah exactly because you know that's coming but um yeah beyond that go to go to kickstarter and check out pizza boys that's pizza boys with a z go on there i got a fun trailer and everything like that grab yourself a book whether it be digital whether it be physical grab it share it love it enjoy it get yourself some comedy in life get yourself some america that can spread all across the fucking you know world because you know what that's what you just need. That's just what you need. You need some pizza in life, because you know what? It's the best thing fucking ever. I don't care what anybody tells you. But uh, beyond that, go to oldmanorange.com. we got more fun stuff there. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again, and we're out of here.